Welcome to episode 246 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man over there in Oakland, California. I saw him yesterday, but have not seen him today. It's Randy Michael Stath. That's right. What's up? I hear there's another man uh, from Oakland in room today that is not me. Also joining us the Overlook Hour is our friend, companion, Jusati Perkins. <laughs> I kind of lost right there. Commandion? What? Is that what you said? Companion. I know. Companion. I heard companion. I don't what know. What is companion? Why are you trying to gaslight my boy over here? Natural Dude, gaslight. He is He is Mr. Gaslight. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he does. He'll be canceled because of his... <laughs> you can't cancel me. I quit. <laughs> also joining Russell John Fisher and Oksana Valeria de Versace. We got the... It's a, it's, a, it's a motley crew here today. I... But are you not going to talk I again? I, I thought you were just going to keep going. Hi. <laughs> what's, what, what's up with you today? Are you high? I know, man. I'm tired. He's got bad rhythms today. Now you're making eye contact again. <laughs> Not very helpful. <laughs> Joining us on the show this week is Graham Skipper. Graham is a writer. He's a director. He's an actor. He does musical theater. There's very little things Graham Skipper does not do. Also, not related to this episode, but I know in a fact, I know as a fact, he is a home cook as well. So, uh, very happy to have Graham on as uh, Graham helped us out a couple months ago. Uh, by letting us show his film Space Clown as a part of the Unnamed Footage Festival fundraiser for Forgotten Film Footage Films. And uh, we also did a little video short with him as well for promotion of that. Uh, so a great guy, and we were very happy to have him on. And, uh, and during most of this interview, we talk about Stuart Gordon. <laughs> but it was a good chat. Russell, your thoughts on Graham Skipper and Stuart Gordon? I like them both. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just found out who Stuart Gordon was, and now I'm super interested. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like maybe you didn't like you knew, but you maybe you didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I just didn't know, especially sure. not all the play stuff. Like some of the movies, yeah, I knew, but it's just dope. Like now I have something to go study. Yeah, now you got to go back and watch the Ice Cream Suit Man. Oh man, Man in the Ice Cream Suit. <laughs> uh, but before we get to the episode, as always, I saw. Valerian Avenement Osachi has to tell us about some movies that are coming out this week. Our time. Uh, side note, Graham also just had a birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> Graham. March, so not that recently. but Unhappy birthday. You know what? I think it was the same weekend as us. Oh, that's very oh, nice. I'm March wrong. 14th. That was I'm, like six months ago. I'm wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, so we go you know all into detail about the movie the first movie i'm going to mention which comes out march 21st that is dementia part two which graham skipper is shows up in he's, a, he's an actor <laughs> he's, he didn't just show Shut up, up. <laughs> he's a part of he yeah. just clocked in <laughs> it's, it's a well it's a character that i guess i'm not used to i wouldn't think he would play i guess i don't know it was just kind of like Dude, I don't. Sometimes we just get this unfiltered Oksana. We don't know where she's coming from. We don't know where she's headed. And we're terrified the whole time. <laughs> now, typically, she's accompanied with a thermos of wine. But I think I you're going sans liquid today. I have a uh, cold water tea infusion. What did what? you just say? It doesn't matter. You said nice words, tea. but they yeah. made no sense. It's tea that you put into. Iced tea. Okay. Iced Lemonade. It's, oh my god. 
Anyway, dementia part two. Um, Suzanne hasn't always been this She wasn't always dead either. It's very good. I like that poster a lot as well. Yeah, it's it really is. good. Suzanne is amazing. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. All right, what, another, what else do we have? Another Oksana nugget. All right, also coming out Friday. I didn't know who he was until. <laughs> Very shameful. Very shameful. Tiny Tim is is one of the stars of the outsider music movement. Though I know I've known about Tiny Tim for my whole life. As my mom told me about him very early in my life. I don't know why. Maybe she knew that I would like it. And Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Uh, his claim to fame is SpongeBob. What? Right. Uh-huh. Doesn't he? Don't they play a bunch of his music on SpongeBob? Maybe. Oh, none of you watch. Oh my. I don't watch. I watch SpongeBob. SpongeBob. What song do they play? Do you know? You don't know Tiny Tim, huh? No. Oh, they play in SpongeBob. I know. God. <laughs> and Insidious too. Not yeah. two, but Con- also. I think it's Conjuring. No, it wasn't Insidious. It's okay. Insid- it yes, wasn't Insidious. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't Insidious. That's all. That's fine. So, so. does America. <laughs> So Tiny Tim came for a day. The story of the outcast Herbert Ari? Sure. Ari's rise to stardom as Tiny Tim. Either considered a freak or a genius, Tiny Tim left no one unaffected. I like the editorializing in the fucking synopsis for the film. (laughs) Um, This will be playing at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco, but also other places. Tiny Tim's actual uh, claim to fame is that, A, he was an enormous alcoholic. Um, and he talked to uh, Howard Stern about that. Uh, but also, he got married on The Tonight Show. He looks like Whoa. Weird Al's little brother or something. He looks. Like, he yeah, kind of looks like Steve Coogan. Weird Al. Yeah, Weird Al. Did, oh, yeah, yeah. Narration. <laughs> now you're in. Wow. Yeah. Also, I, the Balboa, they say, bring your ukulele. They'd really like that. Done. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> they'd like to do a play along while the movie's playing. Uh, th- yeah, this played at Fantasia, but unfortunately, we did not uh, get to see it. So I definitely uh, to watch this all right, what else we got? Um, that same Friday the 21st, Sound of Violence. The, the Sound of Violence. All right, I like um, that. Just on VOD, I think. As far as when I wrote this down, it was only coming to VOD, so... Ugh. Alexis recovers. <laughs> what, what is going on? <laughs> she does this every week. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> that was that you was said, <laughs> you said like maybe fifteen words and then you just <sighs> like you it, just ran a marathon. It was the audible sound of I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> Alexis recovered her hearing during the brutal murder of her family when she was dead. What? Yeah, I hear this is good. I want to see it. The visceral experience awakening. Awaken. All right. <laughs> Randy, you threw her off. Yeah. I thought you were saving the bit. <laughs> the visceral experience awaken. Oh, there we go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just thought you want to jump in here and give it a try. Synesthetic. Synesthetic, Synesthetic abilities, abilities in her. And her started. And, and started. Started. <laughs> in her and started her. Wait. 
All right. For any questions, queries, concerns, or comments, please direct those at podcast at overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one, find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an It's not in my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hour is available on Facebook as the Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hour is available on Instagram as the Overlook Theater. The Overlook Hour is available on Twitter as the Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hour is available on YouTube as the Overlook Theater. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an Randy. Also, we forgot to say that uh, one of my favorite places in San Francisco, the Roxy, is opening uh, this Friday. So, yeah. Yay. Here, here. Oh, what movie are they going to play as they open Unfortunately, it up? I've never seen it, so maybe not, but uh, Cinema Paradiso. Oh, I like Cinema Paradiso. Who did we have on that shit on? Uh, Zeke. Zeke, yeah. Zeke, uh, Zeke Farrow. Yeah. Um, did not like Cinema Paradiso. I, I like Cinema Paradiso, but that makes sense because it's very saccharine and sweet. Though. Now, Randy, when you go back to the Roxy, watch out for bums, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard. I was telling Jafsadi that story. I just got to circle the young. block if I'm waiting for anybody. Wait, what happened? Randy got punked by a bum in front of the Roxy. Oh, that is right. <laughs> you should have told him. You should have told him. Hey, bitch, I'm about to go home. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> said, you said bums. I thought you said bones. No, no, no. I got a better I was like, bones at the Roxy. I got a better one. You'd be like, what? You trying to box? And then he goes, yeah. And he'd be like, what's wrong with the one you're living in? <laughs> oh my God. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Next to an average boring ghost was a big scary quilt. This week's Two Sentence Hall Story brought to you by Brench Fry. Again, the fifth contribution by Brench Fry. This one's about a blanket. <laughs> I scanned the room for frights. Okay. I also may have said lights in the original. I don't Can we roll that back? Randy, what did he say? <laughs> I, I just rewound the tape. What's it say now? Oh, wow. I was not expecting that. I, you just what in the fuck? <laughs> uh, All right. Well, <laughs> no, that, Randy, that was actually an, an excellent segue. Uh, first thing, uh, uh, we need to make a quick announcement that oh. Michael Winslow has joined the show Holy <laughs> as our engineer. God, you fucking you shut us all down with that. <laughs> I I was improving, dude. I rewound the tape. You were supposed to say uh, what the what you said the first time. I I you know what? You're right. We failed this show, Randy. Hey, you Randy, win. you know how I was mad at you for a long time. You totally redeemed yourself. Come <laughs> back in your good graces, dude. Now <sighs> kick me out of the room. I'm not. Mad, I'm mad at you now. Okay. Bye. <laughs> you can take. Him. Oh, he's a fucking dick. Randy, you win the award. Best joke of the show. We're two minutes in. We just started. <laughs> I know, but we're not going to be able to live up to that. Go ahead. Skip ahead to Graham. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I'm, I'm... No, that's why, dude, anytime Randy makes noises or anything, it's the best thing. Because most of the time, we just get that, that nice and steady Randy. But anytime he makes a face, which he can do, he will never sing for us. So we'll never know what you're going to bring to the table on that end. Also, it, good job. It's I authentically thought that Zencaster had fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, are we going to mention that he's here today? 
God, you are the worst at setting up things. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to just. It's turn like the we mic just off. started. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, are you gonna mention?" I'm like, "Hello, Whoa. welcome to the show." Hey, are you gonna mention that he's here? Oh my God. Just somebody's a little punchy today. You guys are serving your BLM uh, quota for today. That's right. Thank you for doing that, and uh, we'll we'll cut you the check after the show. <laughs> Jasadi, um, how are you, my friend? We saw you yesterday. You came out with us, and uh, you saw a motion picture that I imagine that we will wrap up this episode with. As Randy also made uh, the venture out to San Bruno as we saw Spiral together. Yes, yes. It was good to see you guys in person, touching y'all in True. not inappropriate ways. That's right. You you and Randy are both fully vaccinated. Yep. You got to keep it vaccinated. <laughs> keep. <laughs> Thank you keep so much. It. Oh, yeah, that was keep great. We'll keep going with that bit. Uh, but no, Jasani, you actually, uh, you came back home and then you said you had to run over to Oakland uh, oh, because yes. you had to go back and, and uh, now the way you said it was work as you had a project <laughs> that you were filming. But why don't you go ahead and fill us in on what that project was well uh i'm shooting a small documentary with a woman by the name of princess t she is a rapper out of oakland but she also has another career that she's been doing for the past 10 years which is dancing now what kind of dancing are we talking you know the nutcracker no we're not talking about anything out of the julia school of arts we're (laughs) not talking about any type of uh dance like that more of with the pole involved oh yes and flying paper which is money <laughs> russ where are you i'm over here across the table all right are you gonna like we're <laughs> the show has started i'm usually waiting for your <laughs> yeah. you know uh laughter so i just want to make sure um, these are i was trying to find her on youtube you said she's a rapper oh so when you spell princess t you got to spell instead of s's as dollar signs yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. And T has oh. yeah, Princess yeah, uh Oh T E E. She's there's a television uh, founder on, on you on YouTube. Just look up on YouTube. Dude, treat them like dogs. That's a good title. Dude, can I get that Prince t shirt? Ooh, look that's at fire. That. I'm gonna need that. Say that. It's on Wish too. No one oh, wish, wish no one wish is not gonna be Prince. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's gonna not. be some random Middle Eastern dude. <laughs> 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 on the t-shirt. I swear it ain't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the one. So, uh, yeah, so she's a stripper out in uh, Oakland. She travels all over. And uh, it's interesting because, like, I've been filming for for about, like, the past six months. And it's, like, brought me to, like, this weird, like, world of stripping. But there's, like, since COVID, there's, like, this underground world of, like, just all these underground spots that still open up for strippers. And people come in and throw a whole bunch of money. And you see, like, the same people. And it's, like damn, like, fuck this documentary about her. I want to do a documentary about, like, this whole situation going on. Because you'll walk into, like, this shady-ass little spot in the middle of the hood in East Oakland or Fruitvale or off Fruitvale, and, like, somebody pats you down with a Glock 19 on their side, and you walk in, and there's, like, other guys with, like, like AR pistols just hanging around their neck. Just like, hey, how you doing? And uh, they're serving <laughs> food and shit. You have a bar, which is not really a bar, but just basically some lady with a bottles of Hennessy and Patron, and you pay him like ten bucks for a glass of shitty alcohol. Now, was this a thing before COVID, or has COVID really sort of uh, expanded the universe of these underground strip clubs? 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this was a thing before, but it's expanded. Because, I mean, for the Bay Area doesn't really have a big... St- there's not a lot of clubs out here that's, like, really popping like that. Like, you know, it's the bigger clubs is, like, out in, like, Atlanta, Florida, and shit like that. Um, I know, like, Portland has, like, a big a strip club scene, yeah. too. Yeah. So, um, so essentially, is this, like, open mic strip club? They do have open mic elements. For a wow. lot of these... For, so, for Princess T, she's been doing it for a while. So she'll have fans who will, anytime she's on, like, an event, like, they will go. Like, people travel just to find, like, so she has real fans. But they they will have, like, amateur hour. And uh, it's it's interesting uh, seeing, like, women do that because it's, uh, it's uh, not good. So you're <laughs> shooting it, but you're not, like, directing a documentary about her, I'm right? not No, I'm not directing. She literally just hit me up and was like, hey... Um, I need somebody to film like my documentary and I just, you know, I just came through. Um, so yeah, I'm not directing. I'm literally just like filming these things. Is she directing it? Like, uh, it's kind of loose. I mean, honestly, I'm, I don't know really too much of like her knowledge of like directing. She just knows she wants to like film everything. So it's kind of like, just some. it sounds like it could be cool though. No, no, it definitely can be. And I'm definitely open to the experience. Um, documentary is just, they're really tough to do. Um, it's just a lot of footage you got to go over. Well, I think you're right. The whole, like, uh, we're in a lockdown. And I mean, we're in California. We're going to be the last state to open, too. Yeah. Especially when you go on the news and you're looking around, it's like, everybody's back to normal. What the fuck are we doing? Exactly. I, yeah. Dude, you know, I work in HP, which now, have you been down there recently? Uh-uh. They have, a like, a little Hollywood thing where they put the big letters up, but it says Bayview. And I'm what? like, y'all are tripping. I can't wait till it's all, like, graffitied over and yeah. shit. <laughs> so they're trying to, like, class it up. But during the lockdown, down the street from where we work, twice a underground club got shut down where they're just been yeah. gambling and shit. I'm like, oh, I wish I no, got an invite to no, this yeah, like, shit. I was, at, I was filming her at one of these clubs, and when I pulled up, like, police was outside. I'm like, oh, shit, I wonder how, I wonder how long this is going to last. And, like, she literally had a chance to dance to, like, maybe two songs, and then the police, like, shut it down. And, and in what way? They kicked down the door, battery nah, ram, pepper nah. oh. I, I was I was worried about that. I was like, oh shit. But nah, they they literally just like, hey, y'all gotta They like, turn on the lights. Down. All right. Yeah, time they to go turn home. on the lights. <laughs> and then and then it's like always like the DJ plays on it's time to go. That fucking two short songs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh yeah, it, it sucked. Cause I mean these these events they're pretty fun. It's like you get to chill, like smoke weed, drink and shit. Now and, what's the uh mask policy? Uh, there's none. <laughs> like, there's no, like, even when I was filming at the middle of the, like, before even vaccines. Strippers aren't wearing masks? No. I think, that, no. I think that'd be hot. <laughs> that would be a dope thing. Like, you could make Where that sexy. Where they're just completely naked except for With the, the mask. mask? Yeah. I meant that. You could make that sexy, for sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that wasn't going down. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, 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 it's really interesting, like, seeing, like, you see familiar people. You see, there's this chef, uh, if you ever... <laughs> No, no, for real. His name is Chef Uwe. Like, Uwe. Yeah, that's his name. And he Lemonade literally caters all of these stripper events. And his Instagram is just filled with beautiful women just trying his mac and cheese and chicken and shit. And oh my God. And I love shaking it so their much. ass. Like, just imagine like a girl like tasting the food of like, ooh, this is Chef Uwe. And then start shaking her ass. I'm like, <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll, I love this place. Now, is, <laughs> does he have good mac and cheese? No, his food is smacking. Okay. Like, it's it's good. Oh it's yeah, it's smacking. Yeah. Smacking good time. It's one might say, ooh wee. Yes. This is smacking. 
No, nah, it's not that craft box shit. This is like the real home. Well, there's an art to, 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 to macaroni and cheese. And that yes. art is a lot of cheese and a lot of butter. Yes. Randy, your thoughts. Craft is good. I agree. Uh, no. Can be good. Now, we're not talking about, you know, that once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, you know, Brad Pitt uh, shit he fed to his dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> not nah. that shit. We talking about like baked mac and cheese. That's fucking... right. Oh, what's what's that crazy place in uh, Berkeley? Is it home home homeroom? Oh, I heard homeroom. Homeroom. Yeah, it's yeah. like half a mile from me. That stuff is that's it's it's too much. Yeah, I'm, it's like two meals. It's in it's so much cheese. I'll be farting up a storm. <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. You have to you have to prepare. You gotta you gotta you gotta lay a good foundation of. Uh, <laughs> Is man, I got to get all those milk pills for that. Yeah, it's you take right. milk pills. Yeah, man. Anytime you lactose. I, let me tell you something. I, I, yes, I'm lactose intolerant. I would like to be lactose indifferent, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm mostly intolerant to that. Damn. But frankly, like I don't know what's gonna upset my stomach. So you be days. having diarrhea and shit when you eat ice cream? I have diarrhea at least three times a week. Two to three times a week. Ooh. At what least. do you think it is? Because your shit needs to be solid. <laughs> I, feel, yes. I feel a lot of anxiety when I have diarrhea. I didn't have a solid shit in Phoenix for a week and a half, but now I now I've been doing okay. Um, and is it uh, like watery? Does it like come out like a hose? Like, well, sh- I I think it has like it to like do with sound? which I don't know. I drink water all the time, so I think it may have been a little bit of a dehydration situation oh, yeah. to where it looked like um, just chunks of like. Uh, like you ever has cheese? No, it's like let's say you take you let's say you get a can of play doh, right? Mm-hmm. And you take that play doh and you and you plop it on the and it's still in the form of like the the can. Yeah. But then you like take a cheese grater and you just like start shaving it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the shaded. Yeah, the a little sharded, bit of that sharded shit. The sharded the sharded cheese shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I what color that. is it? Well, I did go through a period where it was a little darker, which that means you've got some bleeding. Yeah. So I think I, but we're getting past that. Now we have a nice milk chocolate. Chocolate brown? Are you finding like little flakes in there? Occasionally. (laughs) But the past couple of weeks we've been good. And honestly, I think that has to do with spicy food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it definitely did because I was going through a a pretty heavy phase of uh, a lot of hot sauce and, uh, you know, hot wings and stuff. That's a phase for you? That's my life. Man, I can't can't do it anymore. It it tears me up. Why? Dude, I'm 35. I'm 34. I've also spent most (laughs) of this year thinking I'm 35. And, uh, man, these days are behind me. I need to take those food sensitivity tests, figure out what's going on. Yeah. It's coming I, for I love you. Because I know you're I know you're a little baby. You're a little baby boy over there. Yeah. Like I just turned 20, 29. Child. I'm, I'm getting close to that dirty 30s. 30, 30. Dirty 30. Dirty 30s. Dirty, yeah. dirty 30. 30 for 30. ESPN documentary. All right. Are you gonna talk today? Or are you yeah. just I know you just being fucking I mean, quiet magoo over there. What I'm sorry I didn't want to weigh into the poop conversation. <laughs> what? Oh, What's you your should. shit situation looking like? <laughs> You know what? Here, I'll... Some of Clark's larger fragments are now expected to enter our atmosphere. It's very good. <laughs> well, Russell, Russell doesn't have the poop problem. His is with the, with the uridi. 
What's that? Urethra. <laughs> Urethra? Franklin? <laughs> yes, it's Urethra Franklin. <laughs> She's a bitch. That is what I <laughs> Have you had her pies? What is happening? She makes pies. Urethra Franklin? <laughs> Aretha Franklin. Aretha's been dead. But she, no, she, there's a, there's, oh, no, no, she made pies. One of them. What? <laughs> singing black ladies make pies. No, no, uh, no. Uh, fuck. All right, dude. You no. got to stop going to these clubs. No, no man. more late night strip clubs. <laughs> hey, Randy, have you checked out Burnt Ramen? Have they been doing any underground shit? I don't think so. I haven't heard about them in like a decade. I thought they closed a long time ago. Yeah, but that's the idea. When you're doing, you know, illegal shows, you got to make all the normies think you're closed. I've been thinking of them the whole lockdown. I'm like, are all the cool bands still like playing underground shows? Well, dude, chain restaurants are doing that too. Like yeah. a bunch of ghost kitchens are popping up. I'm sorry, it was Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Yeah, but, wow, oh my fucking, God. fucking racist. You lost yeah, your <laughs> black card. I, I did. I lost it with that. That's bad. I just in my mind. I... <laughs> Urethra Franklin was a good guest. Urethra. <laughs> you okay? What is the urethra? Okay, that, no, that's no, the no. Pee hole, the tube in the pee. Oh, shit. The what dick. happened with that? You can't hold your pee in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing a diaper, he's, he's dude. He's pissing right now. You peeing right now? I'm yeah. Peeing right now. Oh, shit. You just got to jack off. <laughs> Well, I don't okay. No, remember that last time when I was on the show, we was talking about I, that. I know it was a callback to like what a year ago. Yeah, no, were actually, we in lockdown? No, it was all. Oh, it was before I think. Uh, yeah, it was a long. <laughs> it was before. <laughs> cool callback. <laughs> also, you know, you want to call back to the last episode? How's that podcast going? Oh shit! Yeah, we're still we're setting it up. I'm, <laughs> we setting it up. We setting up the mics and shit right now. Six months ago. Twice you came on here and plugged a podcast. Literally, it's 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 not even me. Like I can blame myself. I'm fine with blaming myself. <laughs> but I'm literally about to start a podcast with just me, and that's gonna be the boring shit ever. Because the people I'm trying to start it with are lazy as fuck. And you know, I offered. I was like, if you need any help, you know, me and Clark, we can we'll go on there. We don't care. And he's like, no, I mean, we ain't doing guests. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm hell yeah, we'll do guests. No, I'm saying no nah with them because they fucking lazy. Like I saw one. One thing I appreciate about y'all, like y'all do it consistently. Like you guys are the most consistent, hardest working podcast in the Bay Area. <laughs> well, I'm putting it on record. Who else is more consistent? Scary thoughts stop for a minute. We don't have a whole oh, lot. Refriend stop for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You feel me? And it, understandably, like I'm not trying to like. And what well, we thing. got? Cinematic Oblivion. Don't forget them. They yeah. quit. Yeah, Cinematic Oblivion. They quit like some pussies. What, what's the East Bay one? Oh, she didn't have a mic. Yeah, there's another one. In the East Bay. They quit. Yeah, they some pussies too. Y'all the real gangsters in this motherfucker. Y'all need to start right. standing tall on y'all shit. Grab your nuts and get them. <laughs> I'm five foot four. He's five foot eight at a stretch. I know. <laughs> well, if you guys just stand on top of each other, y'all can be like, Randy, sure. where are you at? About five, need- six? Yeah, five, six, something like that. You we- five, six? <laughs> Maybe five, seven. I don't know. I like to just go lower than I think it actually is. No, I you're like two inches shorter. Than I you. like your idea. We just need a big trench coat that can yes. prop you up, Clark. And exactly. That's right. <laughs> we'll stand tall finally. What are we talking about today? <laughs> I'm just glad. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm so glad that after a month of traveling, that this is the first time we've been able to have a, a regular episode. We're off to a fine start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you in here, though. I mean, I know we were breaking code before. 
freaking cold. I think you were here during the lockdown. I was here during the lockdown. Yeah. But yeah. I think we did one of those episodes I didn't like. Oh, the COVID? The ex- Corona yeah. bonus Cor- things. When you- I was at work. That was back when I did have a job. Oh, I remember you were talking about that on you. Yeah. yeah. Well, how'd that go? It wasn't too long ago. <laughs> it was around March or so, maybe yeah. February. Uh, I'm not working anymore. I, <laughs> I got fired. But you seem happier than ever. I can't Hell believe yeah. it. I'm so glad I got fired. I'm so <laughs> glad. And I got fired because of fucking Chris. and Yeah, and isolation. You're isolation. hanging out with the... I mean, what better way to go down than hanging out with the BFG guys? Because <laughs> literally when I, when I left early from work, it was just on like a regular day. And then when they found out that I left early, they're like, all right, uh, we'll, just, we'll just write them up. And then my manager's got this nice idea like, hmm. Let me check back on the cameras. <laughs> oh, Damn. really? Yeah. He just had the idea, like, let me just check back. And he called me. He was like, "So uh, you been leaving early every every week, at least <laughs> since the past." You know, at least he so. did that. I, I mean, honestly, a cruel boss could have like let you hang yourself there and be like, "So have you done this at all before?" Because I would have been like, "No, never." Yeah, and uh, like, oh, it's weird. We were looking at the camera. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that would have crushed me. At least he came in and was like, "Hey, bitch, you like left every yeah, day early not and not play any fucking games yeah. for sure." Yeah. I mean, so that was like my that's my main manager. My supervisor is my brother, so he tipped me <laughs> off. He tipped me off way before, so oh. I knew. So when I came to him, I admitted to it like way before because I already knew he already knew. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, it, it sucked, but at the same time, like you said, like I'm way yeah. more happier. I'm I'm doing a lot more film shit. I'm hella busy now, which is good. Doing but you're what I watching love to do. less movies and you're listening to less of the Overlook Hour. Oh yeah, so that was the only thing that the job was helping me do, like at work, because it was so <laughs> fucking boring. Like I'll be able to li- catch up to the podcast every you're, single week. Nothing better to do than listen. No, to but this I'm crap. I'm catching I'm catching back up, and it's like, but also like for Uff, like I was a part of Uff, yeah, this time, because before I mean I was a part of Uff like last year too, but. It seemed like I was more involved, which was really dope because I love working with y'all. So even though it's like, yeah, I need to listen to a podcast more, like I feel like I'm more involved with uh, Overlook. You don't have to. And I'm, I'm about to take Randy's job. We have real fans. <laughs> you're gonna move to you're gonna move to Atlanta. I'm about to take your job, motherfucker. I, I, <laughs> let me tell you something. If if we've learned anything in the first twenty minutes of doing this show is that we've got a new skill in Randy with sound effects. So yes. you better bring something to the table. Because <laughs> right now, Randy is edging his place. <laughs> Andy's, uh, Andy, Randy's <laughs> position is, is secure. All right? Because he's, he's got Michael Winslow power. I mean, that wasn't me. That was just I'm the tape re- rewinding. I don't know what you guys and are talking commitment. about. <laughs> he brings commitment to the table. So I may, need, I may need him to do some Foley work for me, too. Damn. <laughs> So let's uh let's kick this bad boy off. Randy Michael, can you tell us what you've seen recently? Yeah, sure. So Friday night <laughs> after uh you know, long week of work, I uh Was it a long week, Randy? It was. What's going on? Do you have to I don't Just know, closing down the uh the warehouse, just a bunch of stuff happening. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's just been kind of busy and not too fun, but it's uh, <laughs> it's chill. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I got home Friday and I was like, hey, I want to watch something, maybe a little light, something kind of funny. Heard about this uh, horror comedy movie called Benny Loves You, which is a uh, a killer doll movie. It's very silly, uh, very kind of over the top. Gets pretty gory. Um, it's definitely not the type of uh, tone of a movie that I'm generally into, but 
Uh, I don't know how much it was made for. I didn't look too much into it, but um, the effects, like, you can tell they're very DIY, but it has kind of a charm to it. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, it's not, like I said, it's not entirely my thing, but I think if you liked something like uh, Psycho Gorman, you would probably really dig uh, Benny Loves You, directed by Carl Holt, and it's on VOD for like six ninety nine right now. Is this an American production? Yeah, I believe so. It's like 94 minutes, something like that. It's pretty fun. I love the way the doll looks. Yeah, the doll looks cool. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's uh, you could tell that it's probably like, you know, just great. one guy uh, or maybe a couple people kind of just like doing this stuff on like their, you know, potentially home computers or something like it doesn't look bad by any means. It like it looks very DIY in like a good way. There's a lot yeah. of like CG blood, but it actually looks decent. Um, so yeah, it's funny. I uh, laughed out loud a couple times. It was good. Randy, we're looking at the screenshots here, and these police are clearly British yeah, police. Country is UK. Oh, I don't know. Randy, did you watch this movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. I don't know. It was in English. All English people sound the same to me. Yeah, I'm with Randy. Wait, what does that mean? Yeah, what? what? Uh, the English language. You can't tell the difference between an American accent and an English accent? I can. I was just <laughs> I was just excusing myself for not paying full attention to watching the movie probably. Well, honestly, yeah, I mean, I figured that's what you were doing, but I if you did have some sort of brain disorder, I, I did want to uh, address that and then be there as a helpful friend. Yeah, there's a brain disorder probably there too, but you know, well, we're working we, through it. We're familiar with that one, but I'm talking about specifically with uh, not understanding accents. So, you know, again, you know, we're just just uh another steak on the table. Don't I like that, that understanding accents. <laughs> <laughs> Insert some creepy Clark clips right here. <laughs> For sure. I watched another movie that is more my style. It's a movie called The Killing of Two Lovers. Also came out this past weekend. I think it's also $6.99 on VOD. Directed by Robert McCohen, I'm going to say. It's uh, 84 minutes long. Um, synopsis from Letterboxd. David desperately tries to keep family, his family of six together during a separation from his wife. They both agree to see other people, but David struggles to grapple with his wife's new relationship. That sounds kind of uh, a bland from that, but um, I will say that this movie starts off with a scene that is very tense and it kind of, that tension hangs over the entire movie. Um, this is a, uh, another four by three shot movie. Um, so I don't know if that's people's things. Some people find it pretentious, but I thought it worked for this movie. Um, but yeah, the direction is, um, is very good. It's, uh, it's pretty like patient. Like there's a lot of just like one takes, like one scene is just like not a lot of cuts. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's about this, uh, this family that's going through a separation and, uh, everybody in the movie, um, does a great job. Like the kids are really good and really fun too. Um, but the dad, um, his name's David. He, uh, from the first scene, you can tell that he, uh, has some issues, some, some anger issues. Uh, but he's like, also when he's around his kids, he's very like loving and you can tell that he like really comes alive sort of when he's like around his kids. Um, yeah. But like I said, there's kind of like a darkness that like looms over the whole movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really dug it. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. It kind of feels like a Terrence Malick Badlands um, or 
uh, My Heart Won't Beat Unless You Tell It To. It feels like that, but if it's not a horror movie, sort of, mm-hmm. that's a similar sort of tone. Um, but yeah. What turned you on to it? I just heard reviews about it, and it's a, it's a neon release. So oh, cool. I saw that Neon was putting it out, and they, decent, they put out decent stuff most of the time. So checked it out, and I, I liked it quite a bit. Do you really think 4-3 is getting, like, a pretentious rap? I mean, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, because, you know, I, I realize now in the interview, we didn't mention that Dementia 2 is a black and white. Yeah. And black uh-huh. and white always gets that kind of like, oh, here we go. Like, you know, it's artsy. And I always thought that it just, you know, I find color to be a little distracting. And with black and white, you really look at texture and I don't, it's just like a different palette. Yeah. But with, you know, the changing of a frame, I really think you change a lot of the movie and yeah. you can make a film claustrophobic by just like, you know, closing it in, or you can make a movie feel really big by going wide. Yeah. So I don't know, I've, I've never had that conversation with anybody like, Oh, here we go. Another four, three. But I think films that utilize it, there's a reason why it's being yeah, for sure. It's just like, yeah. like lighthouse too. I think making everything 16 by nine or two by 0.35, whatever the math is like, not every movie needs to be seen like that. And I, and I think a lot of even upcoming filmmakers think that like, Oh, I got to have a cinematic. I got to have like a w- super wide angle lens. And true. The, yeah. And it's like not every, sometimes you want to make the scene or make uh, the character film a claustrophobic. And that's, well, I think, you know, a wide frame is really something for the theater because it really yeah. gives you that like larger than life. Like you're looking left to right. Yeah. Like I remember watching like it follows and being kind of like, Oh, I got to look all everywhere and like literally yeah. moving my head. Yeah. Where, where, you know, yeah, I don't know. I I've never had that conversation though, which I mean, last night when the film turned out to be black and white, we're like, you know, somebody's <laughs> like, Oh shit. Art house. They're like, I don't know. I'm not getting that vibe. Yeah. It's also like really good for shooting faces. There's like a lot of close-ups uh, in this movie that just like, you know, it's like a square. And sometimes if you're like shooting a close up in like 169, you still got so much extra like negative space on the other ends that like kind of allows you to like, yeah, look at different things and like not focus on like, you know, what they want you to focus on. You know, the negative space is really what makes the subject interesting <laughs> and this podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I do love negative space in certain movies, but I don't know. Dude, sometimes it's the four, three I mean, claustrophobic thing is good. Four by three for uh, like the like the up videos and stuff like that changed the whole feeling of how it went. Like it felt TV. It felt like. Yeah, know. but I think that that was a conversation about, uh, you know, like in found footage, it's kind of like, you know, the equipment's important. And mm-hmm. I think we were kind of playing with that. I don't know if it was really an artistic decision. Well, to me, it was. I mean, I made this decision. I'm, and that's why we I had mean, you yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I think if there's a method to the madness, I think like just making it 16 by nine or just making a four, three out of like with no reason at all, then that's where it can get, you know. Do you shoot 16, nine all the time? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to shoot as well on my camera. I try yeah. to shoot as much information as possible. And then, but before then, before I shoot, I make the decision if I want to crop in. Cause I have like guidelines I can, change yeah. if i want it to be 16 by 9 or if i want it to be 4 3 and i kind of make that decision before like when like when i'm shooting documentary i just keep it wide open and make that decision later 
But if I'm sitting down doing a project, I think about like, how do I want this to feel? Because if you're doing content for Instagram or like YouTube, then that conversation changes. It mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense to have a 16 by nine on like an Instagram story, for example, because yeah. you won't even be able to see everything. Instagram's weird too. Yeah. How social media kind of changed art. Yeah. Like cutting know. shit into a square. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I hate it. Killing of two lovers. Robert McCoyan? I don't know. Yeah, you say something like that. I think I said McCohen, um, but yeah, there seems like there's extra letters in there. Yeah, this looks interesting. It's got um <laughs> Oksana, can you scroll down? What's the what's the fel- oh yeah, Clayne Crawford um is in this. I know him from uh he was an actor in one of my favorite television series, which is uh not often discussed because it was aired on the Sundance Network. Rectified. Yeah. Very good. He's really good in this. Hardly knew him. And he's from <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> All right, killing your two lovers. All right, uh, how'd you was this a rental, Randy? Yeah, uh, iTunes. All right, I think it's a six ninety nine. Up top. This week, I was in Phoenix, Arizona again. I am home for this week. Have to return next week at least for probably two weeks, and then who knows? I'm just perpetually in Arizona in <laughs> perpetuity. But purgatory. This week, um, I got demoted from my room situation. So I uh, decided to catch up to speed. I've been going back and forth, as you know, from Phoenix to here. And last week, not this past week, but the week prior uh, was my third week. This week was my fourth week. On my third week, I stayed on the seventh floor club access level, young sir, Ooh. where they, you have to get the key access to go to that floor. You get in there, king size bed. A 50-inch TV. I got a couch. I every a, a complimentary mouthwash. That's the other thing. What? They bump up these little things, too. Like the 7th floor, you get mouthwash. You don't get mouthwash down there. You get shaving cream. You don't get shaving cream, you know, where the plebeians are. And so I had a... Now, the, now the problem with the 7th floor is that my toilet did overflow when it was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but once we got past that, um, it was life was great on the 7th floor. Damn, then it's like the platform, right? Yes, <laughs> it's exactly like the platform. I'm at the top, baby. I'm getting, I'm getting the uh, panna cotta. You understand? Um, but now, then Sunday, then I, I stay the week, and then I come home, and then I fly back Sunday, which was last Sunday, and the flight was delayed an hour. The whole flights change, so now I was usually flying out at three forty-five. Didn't fly out till seven. Then it got bumped back an hour, so I didn't get to the hotel until 10.30 on Sunday night, and I delivered Burger King. That shows you what state I was in. I was just like, I hadn't eaten all day, so I was like, I got some Burger which the chicken, the long chicken sandwich is one of the top chicken sandwiches in the fast food game. Just... Uh, sure? It's great. The, the original chicken sandwich at Burger the, King, oh, okay, the okay. little long chicken yeah, burger yeah, thing, yeah. is fantastic. I love that. I don't have then I get to my room, Jasani. Third room floor. 343. It was 324. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> the, sorry, Russ. I should have saw it. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I was sitting on that button. Third, <laughs> third floor this week. A 27-inch TV, maybe. Two full beds. Life was terrible this week. You got two beds and just you? I know. You didn't 
try to put them together. You can't. It's a hotel. Those things are like ironed in the floor. <laughs> They're bolted down. Um, so I only watched one movie in the room that I can recall that I watched in its entirety. How which, was the toilet? Which bed did you choose? Toilet was okay. Toilet was good this week. I used the well, one on. closest to the door. Would you trade a you toilet? sleep closer to the door? Less than it, I, th- so this was the second time that I've had two full beds. And the first time I chose the one furthest from the door. But this one I just chose closest to the door. Ooh, you was living on the wild The side. only thing Because it was the closest door. to the TV because that TV's tiny. So that's uh-huh. why. No, the problem with being close to the door is you're probably close to the fucking air conditioning, which I would see. It's the opposite side. It was the opposite. So that's uh, that was the main thing. Okay, yeah. Because the way the air conditioner is, it goes directly onto yeah, you in the that. bed. Yeah. So I chose the furthest one. Although maybe the closest one would have got shot over my head. So you live and you learn. <laughs> He's a which I'm doing a lot of learning, staying at this hotel for five weeks. Um. Now, would you trade a good toilet for a worse room? It seems like a trade you might consider. No, would I trade a worse room for a better toilet? Yeah, because right no, when you're up on the no, top, because I'll just call the the uh, the European guy comes up and fixes it. He's very nice. He's very tall. You know him? Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're. Oh, I almost revealed something about where you work, so I won't. Yeah. Let's okay. <laughs> let's let's stay away from that. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I only watched one this week, and it was entitled Breaking News in Yuba County. Found footage? Not found footage. That seems like a screen life name or something. Uh, This is directed by... Oh, this is 11% on Rotten Tomatoes? (laughs) Is this a comedy? This isn't that bad. Dude, 11 and 49. I'll be honest with you. I kind of enjoyed this movie. I, I like how I feel like your review's about to change. Yeah. Like no, it's gonna, not. No, it's not. It, it uh, felt like you were gonna come in mean and then you saw that and now you're like, no, no, no here's I'm the understand. thing. I, I, I figured there were red flags around this because there's a this is a huge cast and directed by Ta- Taylor, uh, director of uh, Ma, the horror film. Cool. Uh-huh. Also, of course, most notably The Help. That's why you watched it, huh? The girl on the train. Well, because uh, Tate Taylor and I went to the same elementary I, I, school I, together. Yeah. First Presbyterian Day School in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, so I was like, okay, he's got a new movie out. Uh, it's got Alice and Janney in it, and they shot it in Natchez. So I was like, you know what? They shot it in I'll watch it. Now, again, I think it takes place actually in Kentucky, but that's fine. I'll, I'll let them have that. But um, Why? Wouldn't it be cheaper to shoot in... No, they shot it in Mississippi, but then oh, they okay. make it take place sort of in Kentucky, I believe. Um, so again, yeah, I'm to scroll down here. Let's get this whole cast. It's a big cast here. We yeah, got, you got a Wanda Sykes. Wanda, Wanda yeah, Sykes Wanda is great Sykes. in this. Wanda Sykes plays a lesbian uh, with like a, um, like, a, <laughs> like a bowl cut. That is true. <laughs> She's great. Uh, we've got Allison Janney, Mila Kunis, Regina Hall, Aquafina. Wanda Sykes, Ellen Barkin, Matthew Modine, Jimmy Simpson, Juliet Lewis, Clifton Collins Jr. You know his face. This is a big one. This is a big cast. <sighs> All right, so here's 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 the story, Josiah Perkins. You've got Allison Janney. She is the wife of Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine is this is a loveless marriage. Okay, 
He's a banker. And as we learned, he's been washing money for the Chinese mafia. And he's he's in some debt. Okay? He's he didn't wash all their money. And they need that money washed, as we all know. Then every single movie that has to do with crime mm-hmm. is about some nerd not washing enough money. So and so what happens is that Aquafina plays his daughter and she goes to the bank to pay him a visit and say, hey, you got to pay this money. And he was freaking out. And all this takes place on the same day of Alice and Janney's birth. And Alice and Janney, the movie opens up. She's in the grocery store and she's she's listening to her little affirmations on tape. It's like, you are smart. You are important. You have a voice. Yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, is that no one pays attention. More importantly, Matthew Modine does not pay attention to Alice and Janney. So the whole story is built up of like, no one cares about Alice and Janney. No one cared about her birthday. No one remembered her birthday. And it's all very sad. So she goes to her work. She goes to her husband's work. because She's like, you're going to take me out to dinner. Well, then she, then her husband runs out of the bank, gets in his car and drives off. She's like, okay, let's go follow him. Where does he go? He goes to a seedy hotel and has an affair with a fat woman. And she sees the whole thing. Now, while that happens, he sees her and has a heart attack, dead. So he dies while having an affair. Allison Janney sees that. She tells the fat lady to shut up and calm down and then immediately takes control of the situation and then starts to lie uh, to the uh, media and the police about her husband saying that he is missing when he actually died. Now, when he died, he had the $200,000 from the uh, Chinese mafia that was buried with him. She did not know that. So now we've got the mafia coming after him, after her, but they don't know because they're trying to find him. So it's a, it becomes a whodunit situation. And, uh, you know, the jo- not all the jokes work, but it's enough. It's a cute enough story. I'm fine with it. It's better than 11%. I had a, I had a perfectly fine time watching. This is a nice three-star movie. You know? It just turn it on, let it go. Breaking news. <laughs> Wait, Aquafina. I don't know that actress, which isn't surprising if you ever listen to the show. I'm just blind. You don't know Aquafina? No, and while you were talking, I fell into a BoJack Horseman rabbit hole. Because I was like, wait a minute, is that the parody? Because, Randy, I'm, I, you might be familiar with the character Sextina Aquafina. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, but she always came off as kind of like a rapper. She's a dolphin. Can you, can you look yeah, that up yeah, yeah. for YouTube? Yeah, Sextina Aquafina. And I was like, wait, they're making fun of this actress with her? She's a rapper. Oh, she is. Yeah, but yeah. Her, her big song was My Pussy. Oh, then they're yeah. definitely. Oh, see, Which it's King Cobra with- ripped off. With oh, my dick. Whoa. There you go. And everything. Look, look at her. Go to images. All right. Again, on YouTube, we'll be back up on this. But yeah, Sextina Aquafina. She's a dolphin. What the fuck? I'll be dog. I was like, oh. Boy, she's really got a purpose. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank a you. Purpose in life? That's right. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you, probably didn't, you probably didn't see The Farewell, but she's really good in that. She's also in The Farewell, I've just been told. And the reboot of the Oceans movie. Oh, no. Is that what we saw a preview for last night? 
in the theater? Weren't they doing like Casino Royale? Oh no, that's a Bond movie. That's all Royale, shit I don't yeah. watch. If it's in a casino, chances are I did not watch that movie. Why? Casinos are that. tight. Have you ever been to a casino? Yeah, like a proper casino. Yeah, they stayed in one with the like roller the coaster. Ones, what is that one? The ones in the movies. Don't New York, feel like New York. Actual casinos. I, like yeah, that is New York. I have been. You have not been to a casino until you've been to a riverboat casino in the South. It is the most depressing place you've ever been to in your life. All casinos are. I have been. Oh, yeah, man. I'm talking real people (laughs) casinos, not Vegas bullshit. Like, yeah, you can definitely see some sad shit. Vegas. Don't get me wrong. But let me take you to Greenville, Mississippi casinos. (laughs) Then then you'll know sadness. All right. No, you know sadness when you go to a casino inside of a liquor store in Reno. <laughs> or a video poker room. I don't yeah. know. Video poker room. Uh, like, that's like big in uh, New Orleans. Well, yeah. yeah. It's just addiction, though, at that point, right? Like yeah. a liquor store yeah, is yeah. more free to be like dealing in addiction when they can put a slot machine in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they already got everything else. A bunch of fake like sex medication. They have liquor and nicotine and God. gambling. Damn. Casinos are wild. Yeah. Liquor stores are cool weird places. Again, if you listened to last week, uh, you would have heard I tried a buzz ball for the first time. That's disgusting. <laughs> Why would you try a fucking buzz ball? I'm trying to live my fucking life. What's a buzz ball? You never had a buzz ball? No. See, look at okay, he just shamed me and then in turn tried to shame you for not having What's one. What's a buzz aldrin? You ball? gotta try it, but it's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> look, that's what it is. So they sell it at liquor stores. And it's basically like some shitty ass tequila. It's malt liquor. Mixed, yeah, it's malt oh, it's liquor. grapefruit. And it's nasty as fuck so when you look at them like okay is it just like super sweet so we're looking at it on youtube you don't know how big that is it's very (laughs) tiny and when you hold it you're like oh this is made to be like pounded when you walk into a place exactly or or you hide it yeah no it's it's like a four loco (laughs) yeah pretty much just it's it's 200 it's 200 milliliter it's um i i mixed it what i don't know what i missed you mixed it with with something yeah i can't remember you really wanted to die oh dude yeah, put a four loco in a blender with some real fruit. I'm sure you you ain't waking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, why did you? Why did you walk me through this buzz ball? Crackheads drink this. Well, because and prostitutes. And, damn, what, you're <laughs> lumping them together. Well, no, I'm. Oh, come on. No, okay. they're separate. They're separate but equal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> okay. No, it's just the thing I had to try. I, you know, I'm not. Um, I'm not going to breweries and shit. Most of my <laughs> drinking has taken place in the 7-Eleven. Now, now, walk me through this. What's the price point on a buzz ball? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It can't be. One ninety nine. I don't know. I haven't checked the it's recent probably prices. Like five. Everything's gone up now, so it's kind of hard to tell. Randy, you buzzing them balls, dude? Is no, I'm aware of them, but I've never had one. They're three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, they're they're usually pretty cheap. That seems pretty high. That's you what could, I'm saying. If, if you got some shit going on that you're not trying to think about, those will get you there pretty now, quick. Now, what did you think? Um, I thought I got it mostly just because everybody has that reaction of they're gross. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to try it. I do I do enjoy a four loco. <laughs> so and when I poured it in a glass. <laughs> that's what I did. I poured it in a glass and I mixed it with a um carbonated, like a LaCroix or something. <laughs> oh, you diluted the buzz ball? <laughs> no, I enhanced it's it. Already diluted okay. it with but sugar. I'm, but if you would have noticed, uh Jasadi's like, that's a recipe for disaster right there you don't want to enhance these drinks no. because one thing you're guaranteed they've got horchata flavor disca- yeah. i would i'd want to vomit just looking now, at it <laughs> i am a big defender of horchata flavored liquor and alcohol i uh 
get some fireball, pour some milk in there, and uh, that's how you kill Clark. You're going to be dying from shitting and throwing up at the same time. Oh, I will tell you, I almost never puke. It's probably because I'm large and, you know, alcohol volume, body content. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, threw up many a time when I drank fireball with milk. Ugh. Multiple times in the night. And I think I actually returned after puking to drink more. That is disgusting. Yeah. What flavor buzz ball did you have? I had a, I think I had the strawberry Rita. Th- no, I didn't. I had the grapefruit. Oh, grapefruit. Yeah, you know, I had my pinky out yeah, as I <laughs> indulged in the, the plastic circle drink. <laughs> <laughs> I like grapefruit. Yeah, it wasn't great. All right, noted. Dude. Hazelnut latte. That is, oh, come on. No, I know. The fancy one. Latte. Lick. Do they have a coffee one? I'm like, oh, God, you're making me gross. Let's get right some buzz balls. I, I do a four loco. I'm telling you, two two four locos on the road. You're crossing the bridge, getting in the East Bay, ready to go see a good metal show. You, or your, you might or your daily commute. Or your daily commute. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into work. That's Dude. right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <The bus> <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> I imagine you're going, you're going to the financial district. Yeah, a bu- you walk in with your chalk teas flavored buzz ball. Dude. A buzz ball and a nature grain bar. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, just oh, what, what'd you have for breakfast, Pete? Oh, just a buzz ball and a cliff bar. <laughs> wow, that's really depressing. Damn, you're gonna have diarrhea and constipation. No, well, you know, just <laughs> been there working at a like uh, corner store before. You you see motherfuckers come in and they get like 340s, and then they'll get like what is that old person drink, the multivitamin thing? Um, a V8? It, no, it's like cream and it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Oh, Milk fuck. of magnesia. What is that? What? Okay, so milk and magnesia <laughs> is if if you are constipated, this will clear you out. Oh man, I don't know. I, it wasn't that, but that's okay. intriguing. One of them, like protein milk. No, it's things? kind of like when you drink a lot and you're peeing out all your nutrients. It's like a way to replace it. Oh, it's like an old, it's an old people thing. It Gatorade. Might, I think it might have been Pedialyte. Get some oh, liquid oh, IV, oh, dude. Wait, what? Liquid IV. Oh, liquid IV. I don't know what that is, but it's. It's gross. It's just like a, essentially like a healthier, like Gatorade packet. You just dissolve in water and it hydrates you better. It's what Gatorade used to be before they put all the hey, sugar in yeah. it. Hey, I like Gatorade. Gatorade's good. I, like, I miss the original so, flavor of Gatorade. Let me tell you this. If you go to the uh, Terminal B, which is the Harvey, the Harvey Milk Terminal in the San Francisco International Airport, I've been there for the last five weeks. If you go to, to Terminal B and you go inside Mills Cargo, uh, which is one of the uh, stores there inside Terminal B. What do they have? A lot of pants? They've got... <laughs> hit the guitar. Oh, I can't. It's on a different page. They, um, they have Gatorade in a can. Oh, I drink what it. every that I'm telling you. I love a can. That like I look forward to travel days because I get to drink that Gatorade in a can. Wow. I've had all three flavors because again, I've had a different flavor every week. I'm like, oh, I'll try the orange next week. So and it's li- cold. I went lemon lime, orange, and fruit punch. Fruit punch is my least favorite. Now they unfortunately they don't have my favorite, which is uh, glacier freeze. Oh, blue or cool blue. Yeah, blue. I, I like, just know about I like the colors. Blue, <laughs> I, uh, the they need to have cool blue. But uh, oh no, no, yeah, it's the classic logo. So they got the oh, classic they got the logo. classic one? Yeah, it's the classic. It looks really good. 
Yeah. Um, uh, North Coast Brewery. Look at it, that. Doesn't that look great? You turned yeah. me on to the old Rasputin. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week at Wine and More, I found they had a can. Did you see they replied to me? Oh, in, yeah, in the yeah, Instagram they did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get it. We'll make them a sponsor on our show. <laughs> Dude, the can? Dude, I love a can. Love a can. Fuck a bottle. The bottles don't hold carbonation right. Well, um. we got, well, in terms of like beer, they've really done wonders with, you know, canned construction and, um, you know, the, the inside is not nearly as tinny as it used to taste. Yeah, yeah. Um, and metallic. So they get a lot colder, too. They've done a whole lot better. And it's way more recyclable. But like. Just opening the can and pouring it into a bottle, I had like five times the head, which is, you know, why I like nitro Ew. brews and shit. I know, right? <laughs> I was midwater. No, I, <laughs> that's what, I saw an opportunity. Yeah. No, but dude, you know, the head's where all the aroma and the flavor is, and it really helps the beer. Let's mm-hmm. keep going, can. All right. Can I order some canned Gatorade? All right, Josadi, as you tell us, uh, do you have a movie this week? Uh, but, by the way, we totally should have oh, yeah, set you I up totally for that. Forgot. That's my bad. Um, Tell us about California with a K again. Oh, oh my God. Three of them. <laughs> nah, um, actually, I don't think I have a movie, this, but I have been watching that new uh, Invincible series on Amazon The Prime. animated superhero yeah. thing? And, I, and oh. this is coming from somebody who I don't like superhero movies, shows, any of that shit. Do you like animation? I don't, I'm not really into like anime like that either. Like, I know you, you texted me and you're like, Hey, I watched perfect blue. No, perfect blue is dope. Like I like certain anime, like movies, like Akira is yeah. one of my all time favorite movies ever, but I would never say I'm like into anime. Which is better though. Akira or perfect blue. Akira. 100%. Oh, bitch, hell no. What are you talking? Bro, Akira is the movie. <laughs> like if you really want to be technical, Akira is a, is really like the kids and Akira is really like East Oakland. It's like East Oakland kids, like all the shit that they're dealing with, like the high school they go to, that's Castlemont. Like, oh, Akira is really just like a East Oakland kid story. You know what I liked about Perfect Blue, though, is the restraint. Like that, that yeah. film is all about like imitating life and like cultures. And they don't really flex the like, it's an animated film until uh-huh. they need to. And by then, it's kind of like you almost have trouble believing it. No, no, I love yeah. per- Perfect Blue is raw. There's no diss on it. Like, no, I, I think Perfect Blue is the best uh, introduction drug for, yeah. for like, you know, the people. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk out of the side of my mouth for you so they can't hear me. It's the other two on the show. Oh, they God. just don't get, they don't it's, get it's so animation. Much, it's anime. It, and it, or animated, animated film is it's like this. Just like when people say like, oh, I don't like rap. It's like. There's so many different styles out there. It's like, how could you not like one? Like, there's going to be something that you like. And I yeah, think it's like, the same thing with anime. Like, like country rap or Midwest horrorcore rap. Core, yeah. That's our favorite here. Chopping up bodies is one of my favorite <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> if, if you do horrorcore rap, please get in contact. We're looking for, uh, I don't know, individual songs as Clark introduces us one by one. We all want our own horrorcore rap. We're going to sign you. We're going to sign you to the Overlook Records. Chopping up bodies is one of my favorite hobbies. <laughs> but no, um, so yeah, I got, uh, Chris told me about, actually I watched uh, the first couple episodes at uh, uh, Chris and David's house after I. Was that after the birthday? I, that was after I threw up. It was, so it well, was yeah, my birthday. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was your birthday. I spent the night and fucking vomited because. Some people like to force drinks. Now, I'll people. tell you, I, I love you to death. And hearing you puke made me very happy. When I found out you did it in your sleep, I got a little worried. Oh, 
Because I've done that before. Oh, where it's I like, did do it in my sleep. Yeah, huh? that's not cool. Because if you're laying on I your back. I could have died. Yeah, yeah. You, you could kill yourself with that shit. So I got worried and it lost fun. But I'm glad that you did puke on their couch and on the blanket and on the floor. I don't even remember. Literally, the only thing I remember is me staring in the mirror with vomit on, on the right side <laughs> of my arm. And I'm like, it, it was like the scene in uh, uh, My European Nightmare. Um, what, what scene? At the end, where he, after he kills the uh, the baby. <laughs> descend into darkness then when he remember didn't he no yeah after he killed the baby remember when he turns on the light and he's all no 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 it's after he kills the prostitute when he turns on the light and he's all bloody and he's I, in the bathroom he's staring I, in the mirror like don't y'all laughing like y'all never seen this 30 movie. minutes that scene, literally movies. that scene on the fucking cover of the fucking movie he turns on the light and he's okay. all bloody hey he didn't kill a baby or at least we don't see it on screen. Oh, he killed that baby. Well, if you don't think he killed that baby, he was eating the baby. Dude. I mean, he was eating the kid. Oh, he, he was eating the kid. Himself. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on, he bro. left the baby. Now, I. The thing is, you're right. I would agree with you, but it's a lot more fun just looking at you, letting you flounder. Yeah. So Anyways, what's up with this animated bullshit? <laughs> it's okay. Look, it's animated bullshit, right? Yeah. But. It's not because the whole story. <laughs> so okay, the story follows this kid. Um, he's kissing uh, as Azazi beats. Uh, she's the actress who play voices her, and she hella fine. I have a crush on her. I want to marry her. She has a husband though. Fucking. But anyways, she, she, okay. Um, so the, so it follows th- this kid right here, who his dad is a superhero, pretty much like he's a bootleg uh, Superman, and um, he's from this special planet like Superman, and so he gets his new powers. But he doesn't know, like, it's interesting how they show, like, he, him learning all this shit to be a superhero. And he's so, like, new to everything. So when he's flying, he's, like, falling into shit. And then when he tries to, like, save people, it's, like, very gory. You see, like, blood. You see casualties. And it's interesting seeing, like, superhero movies in such a realistic way where, like, the conversation isn't just about stopping the threat, but also, like, saving the people, like, minimizing the casualties within it. So this is an animated version of The Boys. No, okay. Right. That's I mean, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, you could say that as far as, like, the content of it being, like, taking a serious take. But it's not like The Boys at all in terms of storytelling and plot. Like, the, like the idea of a superhero show having adult themes is, like, okay, yeah, similar to The Boys. But the, in, in, like, su- in superheroes being on the thin line of being, like, bad or good. Yeah. But the actual storyline doesn't follow that at all. And um, it just makes you think a lot about, like, the government. And it, it, shows, <laughs> it shows a lot about how, like, the government involvement within, like, people's lives. and Like the boys. Were we yeah. talking The Shield? Well, that's, I don't know. Michael Chiklis? It's not. Michael it's, Chiklis? Well, if it is, like, the boys, would you uh, give it a I try, didn't, Clark? I didn't, the first season of the boys, I, I like the like boys. Biden. I know you like the boys. That's what I'm saying. If it's like the boys, would you give it a try? Or is the animation an out? Yeah, God, the animation looks stupid. Now, I say that all the time. Like, one of the reasons I don't love anime like everybody is I don't like that style. I don't like the Betty Boop yeah. derivative thing. But this doesn't yeah. look like anime. It looks kind of no, like more like more Saturday American. morning. Yeah, it's, it no, feels it like anime. old Batman yeah. like cartoons and shit. Yeah, the Dark Knight. Yeah. It does. It looks like that. It so it doesn't. It's not like anime. It's not anime. I guess you wouldn't call it anime. It's more I I need more rounded faces. I need King of the Hill. 
That's what I need. But they're not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Judge, I, I do like this shit. They're not like, I don't know, it doesn't look animated. They got the square jaw thing going. It looks American enough. Yeah, I, it's 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 very American. You can have a beer while watching it. You can have a Budweiser. <laughs> Why has he got eggs in his eyes? No, nah, it's just a little uh, eye cups. Eye cups? I see you pee. Yeah, I got double D eyes, man. I need <laughs> eye cups for my shit. Yeah, he's got like the tick thing going. Where his suit, for some reason, he decided he needed little domes over his eye. Yeah. So did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I did finish the whole thing. Did you was, like it? It was cool. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't like the best, but it's. It, I I like the storytelling. I I feel like um the theme between his relationship because the whole the whole show center centers around his relationship with his father. Who? What's his name? Uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Well, his name is Invi- <laughs> his superhero name is Invincible. Okay. Um, in the show, clever yeah. name. <laughs> well, I mean, they play, but they joke about. That. Yeah, yeah. They're like, wow, that's so. Like, is this really comedic and all, or the no, tone is serious? The, the tone, but it, it fuses that. It's a very serious tone, but then they have a lot of uh, comedic moments. But the the story of the show, like his relationship with his dad, is very serious. And I, I don't know. I think part. I think the other reason why I like it is because I kind of identify with his character dealing with the negative past of his dad uh, and it has like a lot of those themes so i think from that standpoint it's like damn okay like you may see like a parent or like a significant other in a certain light but then once you see what they're really about or what they expect you to put in what they expect you to be on them or on yourself it kind of like it has like the strange thing because you like you care about someone but then you see how much they're fucked up or, you know so how human your parents can be yeah how even humans, though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, but oftentimes we see our parents, I mean, our parents are, for, like, our parents are our, our gods in a way. Like, a lot of times we hype up our parents yeah. to being like, oh, like, like, like my mom is a shit. My mom is the best. You feel me? But then once you realize certain things, like, damn, why didn't you do this that way? Or not, now when you get older and you start realizing yeah. things, it's like, damn, like, okay, you are, you are human because you're flawed. Like all yeah. people. My parents are children. I love you. But they're <laughs> children. I will abstain from commentary on this subject. Epstein? <laughs> You'll Epstein too? I will Epstein commentary <laughs> on this right. subject. All right. No, Mom, I love you. All right, Invincible, how many stars? Out of five. Out of seven. Seven? God, yeah. I can't even wrap my head around that. Out of five. That's an odd number. <laughs> Just pick a number. Who can... Uh, 3.5. Out of five? Out or? of five, yeah. Right. Like three, three point eight. Three point eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you cleared that up. All right. I may. I may give this a go. I don't know. I, I would say check it out if you like the boys. I mean, I I didn't really like the boys' second season. So. Oh, I. Nor did I. But I'm in. Oh, now I'm more interested that you guys didn't like round because, two. dude, they get lazy because yeah. okay. they're yeah. like, oh, okay, we've got we've got some sort of um. Anytime there is, um. Any sort of uh, strife with one character or another, just yeah. one character's heads blow up. They just blow up heads all over. <laughs> yes, yeah. Everyone just spontaneously combust with the boys. Right? Yeah. They're like, how are they going to get out of this? Okay, we'll just have them explode. <laughs> yeah. Cool. The boys. <laughs> all right. Russell, John. Now we are going to close with Spiral, but uh, what else are you bringing to the tape? Um, I'll try and be quick here. Uh, earlier this week, we went to the theater prior to Spiral, and we watched a film called Profile. Yes, I'm thinking about catching up on this today. Maybe. Yeah, Profile, we got a screen life film. Uh, 
briefly just to try and sum this movie up really quick. Uh, they don't break any of the rules, which is great. It's a, I mean, the Dogma 95 rules of uh, found footage. So Steinberg would sign off on this. Yeah. He signs off on other shit too. We know that actually it, space clown is on POV horror and they break rules in that. It's true, but he, he would, he probably notated it. Yeah. They would ding him. I'm, you know, I, I was actually talking to a former guest, Thomas Burke today about like how he's still writing for them. Also, I should plug this. He just put up a list of 500 found footage movies that you can watch right now on YouTube Gee. on Letterboxd. So yeah, we should put a link to that. The man is crazy. He's fucking good. And he just told me about a film he's going to be directing. I don't think I can mention it, but he's picking up a sequel to a film that uh, we had the director on to talk about. So, oh my yeah, it's God. cool. Um, anyway, Profile is a screen life film about a journalist who goes undercover trying to be trying to expose how how women are getting recruited into ISIS over the Internet. And man, it's every if you're a found footage fan, this is it. Like, go to the theater. Now is your opportunity. If you missed Unfriended, that clearly this one isn't a like slasher or kind of more traditional like uh, horror film. This one's kind of, you know, it, they don't really dive into politics or anything. So if you're worried about that, don't. It's it's an interesting horror tale just using the internet and um, in-world camera narrative. Like, I have nothing bad to say about it. The acting is fucking great. Do they, do they use, do they say ISIS? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I and I would be I would be shocked if um some of the footage wasn't real. I mean, so what happens is um um our lead, she changes her name on Facebook and makes her profile look like uh she's basically a Well, they do a little bit of storytelling in the beginning and they talk about how like, you know, your suburban teenage daughter could end up flying out and joining ISIS, which happened for a while. I mean, you don't hear about it so much anymore, but in like 2016, this was pretty. Do they target women specifically? Yeah. Okay. But not. Yeah. With what, what, what this film feeling sex. about. Um, for. <laughs> well, for a lot of things. Are they here for sex? So what they would do a lot is target rich um, daughters, you know, whose parents had a lot of money and then they would ransom. So them. do I continue. Uh, <laughs> unlike you, they're successful. And <laughs> no. And I mean, dude. She goes undercover and I don't I was really interested in it because journalism is in such a weird state right now that a Arkansas a girl going above and beyond to really get her story felt like antiquated and what's the word antiquated antiquated thank you and uh but also it was like something I've been longing for like I love a good like I put my life on the line to get this story kind of thing and the drama that comes out of Skype in this movie, like, mind you, this is pre zoom. So they're fucking with Skype and it's like, we fuck with Skype, man. It's so good. I I really enjoyed this. So if you missed unfriended, I'm not going to go any deeper into this, but by the end of this movie, you'll be asking like, wait, what, what was real here? And uh, there's a genuine tension. So here. I've been stalling because I didn't know if I wanted to mention it, but I will. It's based on a true story. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah so some of the shit that happens in it is kind of frightening like in a real way i highly recommend go checking out profile right. it's an hour 45 and it it earns the time i didn't realize until right now that it ran past would y'all watch minutes. it again 
Oh, totally. Let's go watch. Yeah, if, if go you want to go, it. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Today. All right. Today. Yeah, right now. Like, fuck, right right now. fuck this shit. Right, we'll be right back. <laughs> We're going to meet Randy at Tan Fran again. Oh, can we go get a milkshake from Five Guys? Oh, I do. God damn, the milkshakes are so fucking good. <laughs> God damn. It's their milkshakes and Chick fil A. I just want to. Mm, God damn it. Right, I'm going to cut his mic. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't eaten a lot of Chick fil A in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> is it better? Is it better out there than out here? Because I heard the one. It's Chick fil A. It's Chick fil A. Ain't nothing better in Arizona. I'm joking. What are you talking about? The guns, uh, never mind. The guns out there is better. The guns that you can acquire. The guns out there is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's the grammar? <laughs> <laughs> the guns it's, out it's, there. It's country better. grammar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nelly's on that list. You like Nelly? <laughs> Who didn't like Nelly? Yeah, I, Nelly's. I Nelly's saw cool. his face, but he was trying to read you. And I'm telling you, when nah, he's wearing the glasses, changed, it's hard. Yeah, it just changed my my thought process around. I don't like, know. The music I that you like. I saw the gears like turning, everyone. and he was like, "Is he fucking with me right now?" Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like Nelly? He was in the longest yard with Adam Sandler. He was <laughs> Earl Meggett. He ran without <laughs> shoes. He was like, "Man, I grew up in the hood. We didn't have shoes. I just run bare feet. You know, man. <laughs> it's getting hot in here." I think I like Furtado more. What? I think I like Furtado more. All right, Randy, you, yeah. you, you I think yeah. you jumped the shark. Yeah. Randy, <laughs> I was thinking it too, and I'm like, I'm gonna back off. I'm glad you you had the balls and you went for it, dude. No, I I big fan of Nelly Furtado. I used to crank it hard to Nelly Furtado. You, oh, you mean like the you, volume on your stereo? <laughs> I remember when her, one of our music I'm videos, like a bird broke my stereo. Bro, when you know when I'm like a bird like came out like she didn't put her last name. So when you saw this like the music video come up, it said Nelly. And the whole time I'm waiting, I'm like, when Nelly finna hop on the song? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who's this chick just singing? I'm like a I'm bird like, featuring Birdman. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a, that's a track right there. I know we she's very that. attractive. She got a she got a butt on her. Well, yeah, she's a promiscuous girl. Promiscuous girl. Promiscuous girl. <laughs> we need a metal version of that. Ooh. Profile, how many stars? I, you know, I was thinking about it. I've been really behind on a letterbox. I think if I were to jump on there, it'd probably be four and a half. Four and a half? I have, I have one. I have what one... was the point five for? You know, I I try to. He, he can talk about it once we see it this afternoon. Oh yeah, here's exactly, the thing: yeah. they always give me shit for rating things so high. So now I'm really, I'm really raising the bar on yeah, my you standard. Should, you should uh, uh, take control of your marijuana intake. What? Thank- that has no. No, mm. you said rating movies so high. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. You got me. Continue. Yeah. All right. uh, okay. Yeah, that was. Wait, I got one more. Okay. Other than Spiral. Yeah. Oh my God. I promised our guest I would talk about it. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sequence break. Um. So if you were able to tune into Uff, uh, the Unnamed Footage Festival, twenty-four hour film fest for forgotten found footage films, you may have caught the film uh, Space Clown. And if you were like most people, you may have been like, "Not for me. I'm going to bed." Or you could have been the cool kid, the gangster, our homies, the ones that we really love, and you you stuck it out. And then you fall deeper into the hole with the real two and God forbid Charlotte's net. But so when we first met Graham, who directed, wrote and starred in Space Clown, I, I got this feeling that he was like, why that movie? You know, like he's kind of like, why Space Clown? And every now and then he would mention, 
you know, I made another film sequence break and he, you could tell he was really into that and he was very happy and he really wanted it to be watch that movie. So I did. I watched it. It's on shutter right now. You can rent it on Amazon prime. Um, sequence break is a, if you read what critically was said about it, it an homage to eighties horror. I would say not so much. We are kind of doing a, um, traditional macabre story, but it's very gooey and actually um it reminded me a lot more of Cronenberg. It felt a very Cronenbergian and uh so body horror. Body horror, but it more Canadian. In, you get nut. It's Canadian, but more in the relationship with electricity and like electronics. It's kind of mm. like um Oksana, I can't remember the name again. The movies with the twins? The one where uh the Cronenberg film where they're holding the control. And it turns mushy into like boobs. Existence. It's it's got that vibe going, but I wouldn't say the movie feels like a Cronenberg film because a lot of those are very existential horror turned inward. Sure. But this one, it it like I mentioned in the interview, it had the vibe of like um, Carson Mel's Another Evil, or uh you know former guest on the show man we love Nicholas Santos uh his film it cuts deep Nicholas Payne Santos yeah. yeah like. It has that weird vibe of we made a movie. Our location is this house. Tonally, we're all over the place, but somehow it works in every bend. And wait, no, I'm confabulating this. I'm thinking of fucking um, oh, Dimension 2. Dementia 2. No, sequence break. Whoa. I know. <laughs> oh, I, I flipped in. The, that was. I'm having dementia. Do you need to do a take two? <laughs> no. We, all right. I mean, do you want to? I mean, do you want to come across as sloppy and unprofessional <laughs> and shitting on our guest, getting his movies mixed up? No, I, you know, just tonally. The thing, so the similarities here are that the sequence break has a really strong cast at the heart of it. And it is, it's kind of like indie drama meets Cronenberg. Well, Nightmarish Conjuring says it's Videodrome meets Altered State. Now, I haven't seen Altered States. I think that's incorrect, though. Altered States is kind of like a mind-bending film. Where yeah. I, I, I don't you know. You shitting on Ken so Russell? So, Jasadi watched it with me, and we yeah. were talking after, and the narrative always felt very, um, like it knew what it was doing. And much like, you know, I don't know, any film that has an enigma in its heart, it doesn't reveal that directly. And it, I don't know, it never lost me. Jasadi at the end was kind of like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. So maybe it is kind of like Altered States. I don't know. It was it was really good. Like, I didn't I didn't get what you Don't got. spoil anything. Oh yeah. But I mean, yeah, I I, I didn't get that. I got something totally different. I don't know. It was <laughs> it was very moist. The film was Ew. moist. Yeah. So you like, you like that word, huh? We watched no. um moist. sequence break before spiral. And I was thinking about it because, you know, I'm like, okay, we up the gore in, in Spiral. But yeah. then after we went to Dementia 2 and it, it topped all of them. I will say, Clark, I think you'll really dig Sequence Break. And for as manic as Space Clown was, this way more control. You can tell <laughs> it's a movie and like what he wanted to do, he executed. We got a lot of lights, a lot of colorful lights. And no, I don't for know. Sure. I definitely, yeah, I definitely tried to get it together but it didn't happen it's fine i i'm just saying you know whenever we talk about a film on the show we tend to not revisit it i think you would um get something out of this oh yeah and chase williamson uh he's the lead in this movie he's great and he plays against um 
Oh, what is her name? Uh, oh, I'm no. not even going to try and say that name. No, I'll say it. Fabiana? That's yeah. Fabiana. Fabiana Therese. She, dude, they're great together. Chemistry doesn't yeah. feel like yeah. fake in any way. She was good. Dude. I realized she was like my favorite actor out of the movie. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, I'm, I'm still, I was still like processing because it was just, I felt like it was something I was missing that I didn't know beforehand. Like, I needed to know something. Yeah. Oh, like the first time you had iced tea, and then you were like, "What about that lemonade?" Oh yeah. Lemonade in my iced tea. Thank you. Thank you for lemonade that. Lemonade in my iced tea. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's really good, and I understand why Grandma's like. Hey, go watch that movie, please. <laughs> and it's on Shutter. I mean, yeah, it 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 rules. Spiral, directed by former guest of the show Darren Lynn Bousman. Spiral, what 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 is the full name? Spiral, a, a chapter from the Book of Saw or something. Yeah, the Book of Saw came after the Book of Enoch. They also found it in that cave. Oh, for real? You found it. <laughs> now yes. you know what Spiral the Book of Enoch from is. The Book of Saw. <laughs> Directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, written by Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger. Hey now. Starring Christopher Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. This has been a very... I've waited many months for this, as uh, this was supposed to come out last year, uh, but because of a little thing called Corona-19... Um, we missed it, so I uh, came out uh, this past week as they bumped it back a year, and uh, very excited. Is you know, again, I'm a big fan of the franchise, so and Darren Lynn Bousman coming back. Uh, I don't believe he has directed. What was the last Saul movie he directed? I know he did four, five. No, he did two, three, and four. I think he did Saw two, three, and four. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, so this is the first time he's been back uh, since Saul 4, which is, uh, I think, one of the better ones. Is Josani, four? I like Saul 4. As we nice. have uh, Tobin Bell's penis is seen in Saul 4. <laughs> Thank you. So, so um, Spiral. I think that the big thing with this and the reason why I did like this movie is because they finally. This is the eighth movie, I think, or ninth. Is this the eighth or ninth of Saw? Are we counting the 3D one? Ninth. It's the ninth one. Oh, yeah, that one too. Jeez. Yeah. Um, they finally added a, a little bit more levity and a little more humor. And, you know, having Chris Rock just do his Chris Rock thing for most of the movie uh, was fun. And, you know, the back and forth with him and Samuel Jackson was great. Perfect. And uh, you know now that you know they had a little, uh, they've got an original rap song at the end, and they've got some <laughs> some rap in the movie, so it had a little bit of a different tone. And in this one, we we lean more heavily on the uh, procedural aspect of of the film, and which is not the first time because again, I feel like half the movies kind of centered around a, a you know police investigation, obviously. Yeah. So you know they want to say that you know this is you know SVU saw. But I mean, you know, where have they been for the rest of these movies? So like it, that that element has always been there. Like when, uh, you know, Donnie Wahlberg, when what, was that Saw 3? So, yeah, 
it's definitely a thing that's been happening with the Saw franchise. But uh, I'll tell you this, the, the kills were very great. I thought they were fun, um, cringy. Um, I, I had to look away during that finger trap. Thing. Oh, yeah, that shit. That finger trap hilarious. one was rough. Um, and the bottle one. Yeah. The bottle uh, flamethrower situation. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed this. Now, again, the, as far as the twist comes, I mean, I you, you see that a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> and that them trying to. That was just very lazy. The writing was yeah. lazy uh, for the most part, but who cares? Um, I enjoyed this. The characters were great. Um, the music was good. Uh, Tom Six shows up at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Russ, did you think of that? As first, when I saw no. this guy in this schlubby suit and that straw hat, I just thought, oh, it's Tom Six is here. I think you're right, but I didn't think it. Um, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Spiral a lot. Fellas. Uh yeah, I mean I have fun. Like once I started, I think I had bigger expectations of the movie coming in, and then seeing how like they why I don't know why. (laughs) I I mean it's been a while since I seen Saw, and um, have you watched them all? I remember. So I have, but it's been so spaced out. Like I saw, I saw the first, the second, a little bit of the third. Um, I remember the last Saw. I remember seeing was 3D. I didn't see Jigsaw. And uh, yeah, so when I saw this, I don't know why. I just thought it was gonna be. It, I didn't know the tone was gonna be like this. Like when I saw the trailers, I think I saw like a, a sneak peek of it, and I thought I was gonna take a more serious tone. Um, but then, like literally, the first fifteen minutes of the movie is Chris Rock stand up. Like it's that's essentially what it is, and it's so, but it's so good. Like okay, um, yeah. so I, I so I I instantly like switched gears in my mind, like mentally, and I'm like, okay, I'm just sitting here having fun with this shit. Um, yeah, Darren Lynn Bowsman. Um, I was both a uh, former guest of the show, by the way. I uh, can't remember what episode we had him on, if you could look that up. But it was when St. Agatha came out. I was excited for it because he made my favorite one, which is part two. It would have been February of 2019. Um, Don't ask me how I know that. So, yeah, he made my favorite of the franchise, which is part two. Mm-hmm. And I realized after hearing Clark talk about it, he also made my least favorite, which was probably four. And Donnie, uh, the Wahlberg, he's been in two, three and four. Mm. He was there in the background kind of all the time. Yeah. And I think at that time he was also in dead silence too. Yes. Playing the exact same character, which was uh, James Wan. Yeah. Which, yeah. I don't know. I, the thing I loved about part two was you know the trap element is there but it kind of took like the a turn on the slasher genre where they're all located in a location and it's kind of more puzzle than a trap yeah and i was hoping for a return to that like i kind of like the the, the spiral yeah and the new one i mean they did it a little bit where it's kind of like a um uh what do you call it a when you're doing like a hunt and you got to run around and look for stuff the hell they call that scavenger scavenger hunt (laughs) where it's kind of like you have like a map and you you... got a scavenger around you got things no (laughs) you got more to that (laughs) no like yeah i they do a little bit of that but i don't know we we mostly get the like very aggressive stylings of like a darren lynn (laughs) bowsman where it's that super heavy editing and like the aggressive music and i don't hate it it feels very saw like if another film were to do that, it would it would feel weird. Yeah, but I don't know. I I actually think it helped cover up a lot of Chris Rock's dramatic acting, which was not 
a lot of fun. That's the thing that sucks because I think he has it in him. So that's why I was just like, wait, bro, I know you got. I've seen his other films and he can play like a he can good, do serious it. role. Um, so I was just like, what is is it supposed to be like that? Because I'm like, this feels very TV. But but like what I was gonna say about like the traps thing and like the scavenger hunt, like that's one thing too. I noticed like there there's not really any stakes when it came to people in the traps. You kind of already knew what the fate was gonna be. Whereas yeah. I feel like in some of the other ones, it's like, oh shit, are they gonna make it out? Like you're kind of like on edge, like, oh, I think they're gonna do it. Which in this one, I feel like they show the aftermath first. So where when you're watching the traps going, like I already know how this is gonna end. So why are you even showing me this? It narratively it was weird because the first one you're kind of in it. Yeah. And then from then on, they do a kind of like they follow the procedural first. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh shit, something happened. Yeah. And then we get there and then they do a replay of the event. So it yeah. kind of like robs you of any suspense. Like, you yeah. know, they're not going to get out. Exactly. So honestly, it becomes more um, grotesque and kind of like, I don't know, like. Yeah, I don't. It, it's weird because you're really there just to watch them die at that point. Yeah, exactly. It kind of takes on the found footage, like the snuff fiction thing where it's like we're watching a movie where we already know all the characters are dead. Right. But we're watching it anyway. And it. And this film kind of did that, but then it, it, it lures you in with all the comedy up top. Yeah, goodness. That was dope. <laughs> and I don't know. I, it, I really liked it. I realized I may be taking kind of like a negative approach right now, but everything else really worked for me. Like, I love th- there was there was a weird thing where a lot of the dialogue Chris Rock had, he would be delivering it while walking away from the camera. Did mm-hmm. any of you guys notice? And I'm almost yeah. like, did they overdub him? I think I for sure think like I almost thought they rewrote lines he was saying and then just <laughs> used that footage. There was a very clear ADR moment with yeah. Samuel Jackson. Yep. Yep. I saw that too. <laughs> right. So what was going on there? Because we open up and he's almost doing a like 10 minute bit on not being woke. I feel like. <laughs> I, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which much. I think informed the film and kind of like, hey, we're not holding back here. Yeah. And I was kind of like, OK, cool. It probably could have been. um cause and effect but i imagine there was some riffing going back and forth between samuel jackson oh, and chris yeah. rock yeah so maybe yeah. they were you know cleaning some of that up because i imagine there was they were just like let it go uh how would the, you not it was like also can we talk about how nice samuel jackson's apartment was that was a <laughs> cool was that was nice. a cool apartment Wait, randy your thoughts it was a dope apartment <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now in the movie um you know Chris Rock is the son of Samuel L. Jackson, but also he's his tenant, but he owns like I was. No, no, they they stay in the same apartment complex. I know. But does he own the whole complex? No, he just stayed there. I guess he just knew the they they hinted that he knew the landlord. So he was able to get a key from the landlord. Yeah, I don't know. He was like, didn't he say like you you owe me rent or something? Yeah, he straight up said that, like, oh, when you start paying rent. Oh. But I was weird. So he owns? Right? It's weird because he's in, like, room five, and then Samuel Jackson, like, room eight. He's probably probably the manager. Now I'll tell you, I've been in a damn telly, and I've seen hotels where, you know, we hung out there before. Me and Oksana went on uh, Grand Avenue. We used to hang out in a telly. And what I mean by telly is it's a hotel that now is uh, operating outside of its regular, you know, hey, come stay for a night. Yeah. And it turns into a dude uh, named Suli, who is a large islander who uh, often was seen with a bat walking down the halls. 
would uh, collect rent monthly or weekly, depending on what your uh, business was there. And I was kind of like, is that what we're doing? Like, like he's kind of <laughs> like crashing and Samuel Jackson's just like, oh, you know, I'm a cool tenant on the inner city. But clearly, no. Yeah. That was like an upscale, that should look like a beautiful nice apartment. Yeah. yeah. Like a fancy, expensive ass loft. In the city. Those damn fucking police pensions. Yeah, you can buy bro. real estate in New York or something. Well, I, also, I'm glad to see you survived. Yeah, I know I'm you. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I choked on water. This happens once a week. I don't know if I know how to drink water. I choke way too often. This is how I will die. Okay. <laughs> Let this be known. Now, have we talked about the difference in in the um, the mascots of the films and yeah. how? No, and also the voice. I uh, I should mention though, and that there is no, no, uh, no whiff of Tobin Bell. No, to- well, he's the character shows up in the uh, investigation room. Yes, he is mentioned. Yeah, yeah. and um, Billy shows up in the music video, the Twenty One Savage music video. Yeah. Now I'll tell you my favorite comment on the Billy. Billy being the name of the doll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people should know that, right? I understand. I'm just preparing so, for the I didn't content. Know. <laughs> I didn't know he had a name. I just knew. Yeah, I know you didn't. No, it's Billy the Puppet. Now, in the uh, YouTube video for the 21 Savage song, which is great, one of the top comments is, Billy the Puppet somewhere nodding hard as fuck. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd like to believe that's true. But uh, I will say, they fired Billy. I'm sure he got me too or something. The new puppet, <laughs> he's fucking great. I love it. I love the, like, touch of whimsy. And I think it really adds a good contrast to, like, the terrifying pig mask. Yeah. I thought it was way more effective in this movie. Also, it's almost like a video game where, like, when you die, it cuts to that one scene again. I, I feel like every time somebody got abducted, it was that same fucking thing, yeah. mm-hmm. the same loud noise and the wrapping of the head, like yeah. the same exact. Yeah. But it, it, Oksana got mad halfway through that movie because she kept jumping yeah. every, every fucking time. single time. Here, even, hold on. Even though you know when it's happening, because it's always somebody walking by themselves down the hallway. Here, let, let me uh, <laughs> turn her mic on so she can defend herself. I, it's true. <laughs> I it started feeling like cheap almost and i'm such a like easy target for like just sudden loud noises and i would jump i'd make him jump because right she next scared to me. the shit out of me i mean <laughs> the movie was already pretty effective in that but like her because you know at xd you can move the arm up it's very nice for a couple and i get at my shoulder touch her shoulder and then she would jump at everything <laughs> wait at in a fucking... xd you move the arm up yeah you can move the arms on the, oh, the arm rest yeah, oh, yeah in case you want to get jiked off or, <laughs> or if you want to do lay old, down do the old popcorn trick you know, oh put your pecker in the popcorn <laughs> now you know with the covid seating you could buy two seats and block off five for yourself and hey. put all the arms up and just lay there yeah then you're free <laughs> What kind of freak is laying down? (laughs) If you walk into a theater and you see a motherfucker laying down in movie seats, you're getting out of that movie. Yeah, I don't. He's probably been living there. (laughs) I would turn around now. Wait, we've all been to the movies recently, right? Uh Jeff when's the last time you went? It's been a minute. Uh, No, I. I'm just curious because I love the like. 
we're taking COVID restrictions seriously. Yeah. I would definitely watch like, movies in COVID. Well, they yeah. have like the thermometer thing, which yeah. got debunked so fucking early on Goodness. in this whole thing. Yeah. Or they come out there with the industrial bear mace and they're like spraying down all the seats. <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, you know, you ain't doing that shit. We're like, but also, you know, none of that fucking works. No. Like that came out really early on that they're like, yeah, contact tracing, no. Yeah. And also the, what was the other thing they do in that? I don't know. I it's just hilarious. I can't wait till they're gone. It just makes people feel better. Oh, Does I'm it? Gonna... I don't know. I'm like I've yet Ignorant to see their people. COVID manager oh, or yeah. whoever that. <laughs> yeah. We have a COVID manager on staff. It's like I never seen the bitch around. Here. What? <laughs> Can we get the on age the difference between Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock? Please? Yeah, I wanted to see it too because I'm like. Is he on the that? Probably not that much. Not, but it works. Yeah, yeah, it did work. I'm fine. It was also, yeah. did anybody notice how Samuel L. Jackson had three trailers before the movie he was in? Yeah. Whoa, hey. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is getting his bread. Okay, so Samuel L. Jackson is 72 years of age. Wow. He does not look it. Looks very good for 72. First Rock, wow. I think, is First Rock is 56. Wow. Okay. Well, he could be his dad. At He's 16? You had him at 16. Yeah. There you go. 16 year difference. <laughs> Samuel Jackson's only six years younger than Biden. I just can't. I just and Biden can't. looked like he's going to die I know. <laughs> at any moment. I think Biden did die at the beginning of Dementia 2. He, <laughs> oh, yeah. That did look like Biden. Uh, Randy, what'd you think of Spiral, babe? I'm probably the lowest out of all you guys. Um, I don't imagine know. that. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed watching it with everybody. Um, I don't think I've seen a Saw movie since yeah, whatever the 3D one was. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also I, I hadn't seen any trailers or anything, so I didn't really know what the tone of the movie was going to be. And I liked all the, you know, funny Chris Rock stuff. But yeah, I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't work. The uh, I don't know going in between that and then like the more traditional Saw stuff, but. Overall, I mean, it was it was fun. Now, I thought there there was a good chance you might enjoy it because I kept thinking about Final Destination and yeah. the way that these traps all work. They kind of had that Goldberg, like the Rube Goldberg yeah. thing, where it's like, okay, that turned on. What now? Yeah. Okay, conveyor belt with bottles is moving. Like what does that traps. mean? I like them. I know, but I was wondering, like, I wonder if that can stimulate Randy mentally enough to like. <laughs> yeah, no, I I thought they were clever. I dug that stuff. You just wanted but more you, gore. You just wanted more Devin Sawa. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Fred Durst knows what's yeah, up. I don't know. All right. Although, I, Randy, you did say three and a half. Yeah, you did say. Yeah, I'm more like a three. Uh, that's oh. what I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm three. I know it was the heat of the really? moment. Really? You're a three? I'm three. Yeah. I'm five. Like, Are you really? No. <laughs> what would you really you give it? Full of shit. You know, five. Three, three and a half. That's an all day four for me. All day four. And what I mean by that is I would buy that movie and watch it again. Look, the here's reason. the thing. Like, yeah, because I'm familiar with the franchise and I've gone through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm, I'm cutting slack in a lot of areas. And, but the things <laughs> where it, it where it succeeded, I think, outweigh where it fell short. Because, frankly, they've fallen short in most of those areas throughout the whole franchise. So the fact that we able sort of get a different uh, perspective of this whole thing and we yeah. bring in Chris Rock, we bring in, you know, a more urban element into this thing. And like with the rap and everything. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, made a face. well, I mean, we this is Black Saw. Yeah, we're going to the hood <laughs> with the leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, but like 
I think the thing, the reason why it's a three for me is because the main element or main draw into like the Saw franchise for me, I think for most people is that they're in these crazy ass traps and then you're on edge with them. Like, damn, are are you going to be able to make it out where I think with this movie, they take away that element because they show the end so much of the end result of that first. Yeah. So it's like, well, all right. Like I know they're going to fail. So I'm just going to watch this shit go on. And I guess that's the voyeur aspect of this culture. Well, also in earlier installments to the franchise, it was a thing where, you know, depending on who was building the trap, you couldn't win. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I almost was yeah, waiting so. for them to address that. Like, cause these traps felt unwinnable. They did. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if they really intended it to feel that way. Like, I don't think they did. Well, well, we don't want to get too into it. Do we? Yeah. Okay. Because so you think it, narratively, it di- I think narratively it goes because again, it it's up. a separate yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, you know, also the twist, um, you know, by the end, you're like, okay, but like, uh, on it, I didn't see it coming. You kn- what? I, I, you yeah, know, I, I got they telegraphed it. I got, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, a lot of people like to say they saw the end coming. I like to live in the moment. You know, I, no, I'm with the you. Way- I'm with <laughs> you. No, I'm, I'm the I, same I way. I rarely find when the, when the end comes. I, I was surprised myself. I'm with you. And I hate that I think this way now because I, I really want to try to just be in the just moment with it. it. But immediately I'm like, oh, it's, it's, no, don't. Yeah. There's, I mean, we are doing the post-scream thing where it's like, you know, if you introduce a new character at this point, it's cheap. So, you know, it has to be somebody. But I don't, again, and I will say, I thought it was funny that you're like, you know, I've seen the whole franchise, so I'm giving it credit. The problem with this franchise is there's so much redacted, re, um, like, the reason I don't like part four is that's the first time I remembered the movie opening with a, like, recut. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, here's last time. And you're like, that didn't happen last time. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, because they would kind of like myth the story to kind of open a new door for them to go in a new direction. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they would they would get like it wasn't so subtle. It's it's been so long. Like I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Also, I think I probably did see it. One of the best things about Saw was it used to open on Halloween every year. Mm -hmm. So it turned Uh, into like a tradition. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it was. It was the Halloween movie. it's kind of a bummer because again, Halloween is, you know, where you dump a horror movie that you don't think is going to do well because it's like, Oh, it's Halloween. People will go watch it anyway. Yeah. Well, this movie came out when I was a senior in high school. Saw one came out when I was a senior in high school on Halloween. Mm. And then, you know, for the next seven Halloweens, yeah, mm-hmm. it always came out. So it is the only reason why I ever paid any attention to Halloween weekend <laughs> is because of Saw. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Billy, you could stay gone. I like the new puppet. I, I, I like Billy. I'm cool with the new puppet, but I like it. Billy's too cute. And, I, I, and I'm okay with the new voice. You know. So that wasn't his... Uh, that was not Jigsaw's voice. No, it was the witch bitch. You nailed it. Exactly. It was the witch, it was witch was bitch? Bad Ben. Amazon bad Prime. Bad Baby? We, <laughs> bad Baby, yeah. Bad baby it, was, it was the Baby. The baby, the baby. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so you know how um the boys? There's the animated show that you talked about earlier. Yeah. Well, you know Bad Ben, the found footage stuff with Nigel Bach, our favorite guest on the show ever. Oh yeah, I like Bad Ben. Well, he the had, old man. He has an animated uh, counterpart uh, that you can find on Amazon Prime. Actually, I wonder if he pulled it, but it's called uh, the Witch Bitch. Is episode one. Watch that and the uh titular witch bitch uh titular sounds a lot witch. like uh 
Titwitch? It sounds exactly the same. It's a voice modulation program. It's a voice modulation oh program? Oh, God. Yes. All right, I'm going to cut your mic. <laughs> so anybody can acquire this and sound like the same person? I would say so. So it's like that's, auto-tune for movies. That's part of the fear of Scream, motherfucker. You never watched Scream? Yeah, I saw Scream. That's like it? a big part Do of part like two. Do you like scary movies? I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's horror? They're like, it could have been anyone. Because you could buy the, like, hey, bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, it's been so long since I've seen Scream. I forgot. What? Speaking of Scream, fuck Randy. What? Wait, I don't... <laughs> Oh my God! You See, that's it. why he needs it. the thing. Oh, okay. That's okay. There's uh, a little walk there because it was there's three friends covering scream is where I pulled that from. So, uh, I mean, fuck, you confused me there. And you know what? I also unplugged the soundboard. Yeah, say, oh just... my God! All right, we're ending it. Um, enjoy our interview with Graham Skipper. He's a lovely, lovely man with an incredible amount of patience for us and our bullshit. So, uh, thanks for Graham. Uh, for hanging out and thank you to you for being you. Goodbye. Is that your new sign off? And um, Graham, I don't think we've ever spoken before. I'm one of the uh, programmers at UF, and I do this show with Clark, unfortunately. <laughs> well, lovely <laughs> to meet you. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I guess I just assumed you were Tom Petty, but oh, I guess God. you're not. <laughs> now, Graham, I've actually I've been excited and uh, surprisingly comfortable coming into this interview. Just with that brief interaction you and Clark had um, shooting that blanket buddy video because right when he told you oh we're doing a space ghost thing and you said oh do you want me to be disinterested i was like oh dude he gets it like and you played ball i don't know you seem cool oh well thanks yeah no i i get it when somebody says space ghost i understand that uh bland annoyance is a part of the problem or a part of the the show so now did is that an authentic like were people like that or is that all in post I'm super curious how they made that. The was, spa- Space Ghost? Yeah. was Space Ghost? I have yeah. to imagine that people knew what was going on. Yeah. But are they like answering a producer in a chair and then they just edit out like Pro- one half of that conversation? Pro- probably. Yeah. So remember, Russell, we watched, um, they, they, did, they released a, a table read episode of Space yeah. Ghost. So we watched that and it was the Conan episode and they actually read Conan's lines. And it was, you know, basically constructed to be like it was supposed to be in the moment and Conan was you know, addressing things. As, but everything was, you know, constructed. Well, that's interesting, too, because then they're kind of a- asking the guest to act right. in a way, but like in a like found footage way where it's supposed to be like breaking the fourth wall. Ca- oh, that's funny. They put the Bernie meme in the space ghost. It, it very timely, too. Uh, but yeah, though, I that that's what I imagine. It was a little bit of both, maybe. But, I mean, it was probably, because, I mean, this was, when was Space Ghost? Late 90s? Uh, Yeah, early 2000s. Late 90s, yeah, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, I- geez, 94? Oh, shit. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bring it up, because when we were doing the show, I I realized we were so worried about the technical end, because we've been doing, oh, God, we've been doing this podcast for, like, five years, and we always talked about doing some sort of video thing. And then because of COVID- our film fest turned into an online thing 
and we needed a video component. And then right before we were talking to Graham, I'm like, oh, is there like an end to this where we should have like rolled out the red carpet for the guest? Or I mean, because Graham, you came in there kind of blind. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you played ball and that's essentially why I'm so excited to have you on today. Oh, well, thank you. And, and I'm uh, always down to play ball and I'm excited about talking today. Well, yeah, man, let's start off, uh, you know, sort of wrap up with the festival. You know, we, sh- we showed Space Ghost there. Um, as a Space part- Ghost? Spa- space Clown. Space Clown. <laughs> oh, God. We did not show Space Ghost. We tried. Uh, obviously, no rights issue. Uh, but <laughs> Space Clown, of course, your film, um, we showed. And, uh, Graham, we gave Space Clown a prime spot. <laughs> space which, I, which, I, which I very much appreciate. Uh, however, I'm not sure that... Uh, Everybody else appreciated it. Maybe they did. I don't know. Here's the thing. So many people were talking about Space Clown while Space Clown was playing. Therefore, a giant success. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, I certainly didn't make that to be a, uh, I don't know, a, a blockbuster middle America crowd pleaser. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just glad that people got to see it and that you all uh, decided to show it. Grant, I got the I got the vibe from you that you were like almost a little worried that we were showing it. Um, not worried as much as like I don't know. It's it's just it's a very different vibe than the films that I'm trying to put out now. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very proud of it, and you know, it's my little it's my little weird mutant baby that is chained up in the attic, and I uh, I love it dearly, and um. You know, it's hard uh, to sort of uh, provide context a lot of times uh, when, <laughs> when when people see, you know, see clips of certain jokes and things like that. Um, but that said, I'm very, uh, very proud of the film and I'm really happy that people have seen it. And I've, I've had a, uh, a, a few comments from people that have been very kind and and have, you know, sort of insinuated that like, oh, I've seen this movie and this is the you know, this is the movie that I showed to a potential date to see if they're a good match for me and stuff like that. Um, which I worry about that person, but Hey, whatever. Uh, I think that's great. So yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that people have seen it and in making that movie, all I really wanted to do was bring people joy. And, uh, I guess I kind of did that (laughs) now. Yeah. I had figured you were almost worried just about like the current, like Twitter culture. Where people, you know, like to pull things out of context, like you're talking about, and just kind of like, you know, I don't know, crucify the creator. Yeah. And well, everything is, you know, click, bl- clickbait, you know, headline. headline yeah. So it's, you know, context is and out of the picture. The thing is, we had a live chat on there, and I guess we hadn't really thought about it much. But when a film was kind of like, okay, and we're used to, oh God, we're a regional film fest, really. And we know most of the people that come in just because we can corner them in the lobby and talk to them. And I didn't realize like how broad an audience we were going to have. And also like, it's a bunch of people who didn't know us. So when little hints of like, Oh, what the hell are we watching? Like started popping up in the chat. It was kind of cool because all of the film programmers were there. So we could like literally talk to people about it. And I, I can safely say that um, nobody was offended by your film. (laughs) the the film god fest. damn it no <laughs> i failed <laughs> no there's another great podcast out here and they do like 
philosophy and horror um, scary thoughts. And they recently came back and they did. Uh, they mentioned Uff and they were talking about it. And insanely, they started off complaining that we did a marathon and that they couldn't just watch whatever movie they wanted on demand. And then they related that to something Tarantino had said, which was very, you know, there was it was flattering. Well, had, oh, it, you were flattered to be compared well, to Tarantino. He, uh, they <laughs> they drew a line to Tarantino saying the great thing about a film, uh, a theater is that you're on the movie's time. Like you don't get it's you know the movie's in control, right? And they're like you know the marathon kind of provided that same thing sure. where they're like you know I, and maybe I didn't want to watch a movie, but this is the time I had free. And then, you know, I start the film and somebody gets killed with a cheese grater and I realize I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Graham, that's been a theme. People write about us and somehow fucking Space Clown always makes it in. Oh, well, that's fantastic. That makes me uh, very, very happy. Thank you for that. Yeah. And also, Space Clown was kind of our gatekeeper film. Like, we didn't completely, like, do that on purpose, but we wanted to do an alien double feature. And uh, I won't spoil the movie that played before it by just even mentioning it, but it followed up a uh, artsy foreign film. And then you go into Space Clown and it kind of challenged that like internet audience that's so like, you know, everybody's patting themselves on the back whenever we talk high about lowbrow cinema. And then the people who couldn't hang with it, they fucking bounced and it only got worse from there. (laughs) So. I yeah. mean, real too. I mean, Graham, go check out the movie Real Two. Uh, the director's name is Slasher Victim Six Six Six. If you don't believe me, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Hell of a guy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah, Space Clown was was great. Is again, you know, with with Russ was saying, it really sort of, uh, you know, it found the um, the 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 true uh, cornerstones of the festival. The people that were you going to stick at? Because again, you know, when we. Sh- showed that film um you don't well, 1974 it's it's still unreleased so you know the people who knew about it um have been able to see it because you know it's it's sort of been um you know what are you making eyes at me for spoil the damn movie it man. doesn't care <laughs> who cares if you care write us an email i'll make sure clark reads it uh be very mean there you go <laughs> okay we're good now but anyway uh, so yeah, so everyone was you know tuned in for that, and then we dropped down Space Clown, uh, which is a different speed. <laughs> and, sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like it. it. It's it sounds like you followed up like the Red Balloon with <laughs> right with well, like with like Tromeo and Juliet. Hell yeah, <laughs> a little bit because 1974 was all shot on eight millimeter using short ends, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know we followed up with Space Clown, which is. I mean, as far as, you know, I think we should all take credit in this room. I mean, I think it was a home run scheduling, <laughs> home run of filmmaking on your end. And we just celebrated the the rewards. On that. Well, I, I just I, I really do appreciate it. And I, uh, you know, that 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 movie is is a, a little, I don't know, a little hidden gem in my in my repertoire. And I love it dearly, but not a lot of folks have seen it. And so I was very happy that people actually got to watch it and that it seemed like people enjoyed it. And uh, at the very least it, you know, people are probably still thinking about it and (laughs) that's, that's, that's what we want. Right. Now, was this a, a college film or a film that you made, you know, with with people that you met through college? Oh, oh no, this had nothing to do with college. Uh, (laughs) This, this, (laughs) this movie. So 
I guess the story behind Space Clown is, um, let's see, I had already filmed Almost Human with Joe Begas, and I was, uh, I had also already filmed a short film, and after I got back from filming Almost Human, um, while that was in post, I just sort of thought to myself, I really want to try to make a feature, and then in my mind, I thought, because I had no money, you know, in my mind, I thought, well, I guess, I guess the easiest way to do this would be to make a found footage movie. And then from there, I thought, well, I don't want to just make like any found footage movie. What's the most ridiculous setup that I can think of for a found footage movie? Like, what's the stupidest thing that I can possibly think of? And so I thought of a space clown. <laughs> and and then I thought, all right, well, I guess I'll film a found footage movie about a space clown. Um, and then, you know, I got uh some friends together and 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 I mean, you know, the budget for that movie was like maybe a thousand dollars. Like we just it really was just like whatever, you know, people donated their time and uh their talents and um, you know, and I I spent the better part of like two years learning how to edit just so I could edit it together. Um, you know, so it was really just kind of like a, I don't know, it was a boot camp for me of sorts of, of figuring out like, how do you just put a movie together? Because like, even, even when you're talking about movies like this that are, I, I don't know what, you know, not, not like a quote unquote, like real Hollywood movie, you know, like movies that are just like very homegrown, it's still a whole lot of elements that has to be put together and you have to learn about those elements. Um, and so like with almost human, you know, I, I was an actor in it. And so I, I acted and then I was just kind of like out of that process after that. Um, and so with this, it was really a matter of like me being able to, I don't know, uh, uh, follow the process and, and do my best and kind of see what happened with it. Um, and then somehow miraculously I, I finished the thing, um, which is also its own hurdle and, uh, and managed to, to convince wild eye to, to put it out, you know? And that was, that was, you know, sort of the end of the journey for me with that. It was just sort of a, uh, a, a, a bit of a war of attrition, uh, to finish the, the film, but I'm very proud of it and I'm happy that I did. And, uh, it's really funny to watch it back now and think about like, just the process of, of trying to put the whole thing together and having no idea what I was doing uh, and, and just wanting to do it so that I could learn how to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the end product of that is that then you have a fucking movie that you're able to release. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's the other thing, you know, like my, my, uh, my bell curve in terms of watching movies that are out there uh, has, has uh, flattened significantly since making space clown, because I know that even, you know, no, no matter how cheap your movie, no matter how, um, you know, how low budget or whatever your film is, uh, it's still so, so, so hard, not just to finish it, but then to release it, um, you know, to get somebody to actually put it out. Uh, I was so lucky to get, you know, get a DVD release on this. And that's really all that I wanted. I just wanted to be able to have it on my shelf. Um, so oh, yeah, I mean, it's, release? it's hard. It's hard to do. Oh, I didn't know we had a physical relief for us. Let's get on that. We got to add it to the collection. Is the DVD still available? I mean, it's out there. I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it might, it might be one of those situations where they sort of make the, 
you know, uh, what's, what's it called? Like print on demand or something. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I have no idea. I have had people tell me, um, like they found me on Twitter and have said, Oh, I found this movie in the dollar bin in a target. And what the fuck did I just see? <laughs> this sort of thing. And that makes me so happy. Okay. You know, that, that to me is like, because when I was a kid, that's what I was looking for. I, you know, my, you know, mom would say, here, you have a dollar, go buy a movie. And, and I would go look for whatever there was. And so I just hope that somewhere in the world, some like 12 year old kid spent a dollar on space clown and got it and is just like still reeling from the nightmare. <laughs> so what attracted you to the found footage genre? Um, like, did you just want to make fun of it or was no, it- no, no, not at all. Not at all. No. Um, it, it certainly wasn't about making fun of it. It was, um, Graham, for the record, that's totally fine. It's cheap. Like I've enjoyed many a movie that makes fun of this. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it was, well, I guess, I guess that perhaps that depends on the definition that makes fun of it. Um, for me, I, when I think of found footage, right. The, the whole approach to it is the cinema verite. Like, you know, you, you have to, you have to buy in that this stuff could be really happening in order to be really scared by it. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think some movies have done a really great job of that. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is the Blair Witch Project, you know, or, um, you know, like, like Mungo recently, I think, I think oh, it's yeah. a really fantastic job of, of convincing you to suspend your disbelief. Um, I think that right. Like for me with space clown, the whole point of it and the whole point of doing it, found footage was twofold one it was because i i wanted to do it cheaply and i also knew absolutely nothing about lighting or sound (laughs) and so i thought well if i just build into it that there's you know it's just natural lighting and sound you know that'll maybe give me a little bit of grace with viewers um you know but then but, but then i thought also like what if I go the whole other direction from found footage? And if I'm asking people to suspend their disbelief, to believe that this could be really happening, what's the least likely thing that somebody would be watching that could be really happening. And, and a space clown was it for me, you know? So it was certainly a comedy. Like that was the intent, you know? And I, I certainly wasn't trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes, but I think that I thought, I thought that it would be very funny. Um, you know, if, if, if people thought I was trying to pull the wool over their eyes, you know, um, that to me is funny. And that was comedy. Uh, and, and so it wasn't about making fun of the genre specifically, uh, but it was about sort of, I don't know, I, I guess there was a bit of poking fun at it. Uh, but, but in a way that, that sort of acknowledged that, yes, there are way better movies <laughs> that have come out. Um, yeah. You touched yeah. on something there that I hadn't thought of. And I think a lot of the stigma for the subgenre came out of an understanding that the films were like diegetic in approach or just, you know, made to be extremely real in an attempt to scare people. And I think that's a it's a misunderstanding there. I think it's just a new way to tell stories. And you know, like with the mockumentaries, like what we do in the shadows, like that's not a horror movie, but it it's definitely a send up of like quirky documentaries or there's a new movie out right now profile 
that's about um, online recruiting for ISIS. And the platform, like the, the way that the narrative is approached is a lot like Unfriended, where we're on a laptop and we're watching recorded videos and, you know, they build a story, but they also, so they're, they're journaled by dates and every now and then they'll skip dates. And it's kind of a way to, you know, keep track with the pacing of a traditional feature. And it's pretty interesting when you're looking at it, but halfway through the movie, it's like, wait, whose whose computer are we on right now? And I think that's really like, you know, where found footage is going down. It, it's a lot more interesting. So another ah, thing I wanted to mention, too, was the only time we ever broke our Dogma 95 rules in the film fest, I think, was with Space Clown, too. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations there. <laughs> yeah, but I've, I don't know. Have you seen what? Profile? I have not. No, but it sounds great. Yeah. Check that one out. So before we close the book on, on Space Clown, I, I do have to mention it again because the chat was going crazy um, about the uh, the original songs that you had in the film. So we wanted to, to get a little bit more information about uh, those. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Van Hughes uh, is a good buddy of mine. He was my college roommate, one of my best friends. Uh, and he, um, he has a band called the Teen Commandments uh, based out of Brooklyn. He is a Broadway veteran. Uh, he starred in American Idiot on Broadway, uh, and he's legitimately one of the most talented people that I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, and and so when when this came up, um, I I reached out to him and I I said, uh, you know, I, I well two so two things. One of them was I said, look, I want this big like weird trip out sequence at the end with a song. Um, that's called space clown. Uh, and then I need a score. Um, and then I also knew that for the opening credits, I wanted an original rap <laughs> because I just think that any movie is better with an original rap in the opening credits. Um, and so, so while van was working on, uh, the big space clown song at the end and the score, I reached out to my buddy Burbrock, uh, who I also went to college with, uh, good, another good buddy of mine. um, he's a rapper in New York. And I, I said, look, I, I can't pay you a dime, but I would love for you to write a song called space clown. And, he, <laughs> and here's the movie, watch it and write what you will. And he was thrilled about it. Uh, and, and I think he had a really fun time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I think that half of life and half of, uh, you know, art is surrounding yourself with people that are just super talented. And I've been very fortunate that I have surrounded myself with extremely talented people. And, um, you know, and, 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 uh, Burbs and, and Van are two of those folks. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, the, the, the music is honestly one of the things that, that I am proudest of, uh, with space clown, because I think that it really sets it apart. And, you know, whenever I show people just a scene from it, you know, it's either the opening credits or it's that that final falling through space sequence, just because I love it so much. And I think that the music elevates it uh, as, as much as it does. And and uh, I think that's true with with music in movies in general. But, yeah, I was super lucky to have Van and Mike work on that. Yeah. Rap and horror is definitely making a comeback. It used to be like a, oh shit, Maniac Cop has a rap in the credits. <laughs> and then, you know, the culture, you know, celebrating that you get like Psycho Gorman 
having its own rap in the credits. It's kind of like an unspoken joke. And then we have Spiral come out and there's like a legitimate song and that we listened to actually before we started recording with you, Graham, before we went Tom Petty karaoke. Pr- prior Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, Graham, I saw you getting into it uh, a little bit of Twitter controversy, as we will. And you were weighing in on that New York Times review. New York Post. Post. The New York Post. Yeah. B- big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. I realized. And uh, yeah, I, I hadn't read it until I saw you tweet about it. And I think people are ripping fucking spiral all over the place, which is. I, don't know, um, I, I mean, I'm not sure that they're ripping it all over the place. I feel like I feel I, I feel like they're probably, you know, ripping it uh, as as might be expected, you know, as uh, it, at least proportionally to the people that love it. And, you know, I've seen just as many people like praising it as as seen publications saying that they don't like it. Um, my, my problem with that particular review from the post is is just the the sort of blanket statement of you know the people that like these movies shouldn't be let near animals they're degenerates and blah 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 yeah and and it's like i mean it's like wow are we back in the early 90s like is that (laughs) you know you know this is such a tired uh assumption that horror fans are a bunch of like maniacs and the truth of the matter, I mean, look, I've <laughs> I've spent a lot of years now in the horror industry, and I've met a whole lot of horror fans and a whole lot of horror filmmakers, for that matter. And um, it, every single person that I've met has been very sweet, very kind, very generous, um, and and clearly someone that um, just wants to see more cool art made in the world like it's not you know nobody's going around killing squirrels <laughs> that, that i know of um and and it just it makes me mad because i think that that is unfortunately a common depiction of horror fans and horror filmmakers that that the sort of world at large has uh and it's not fair and it's not true and and i i hate to see a major publication like the post which we know is a rag like i get it yeah, but yeah. But at the same time, like it is a major newspaper and they're effectively allowing like, you know, a bully to get on there and say a bunch of bullshit. That's not true. Um, and I mean, it made me mad. Like, look, hey, I don't look, I, I'm not a fan of the notebook, but <laughs> do you see me hopping on Twitter and talk and like bashing notebook fans? No, man. If you like the notebook, go see it. Watch it a hundred times. I don't care. Great. Like what you like. You know, and that's and I, I just want the same courtesy extended to to people that like horror. Yeah, it looks like the regular divide between critic and fan. We got like 39 on Rotten Tomatoes and 76 on the audience score. Have you actually did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't had the chance to, but I want to. I'm very excited about it. And it's a lot of fun. The kills are great. You get like uh, we open up with. Chris Rock doing 15 minutes. Yeah, he's and then- <laughs> dusting off some farce gump material from 20 years ago. But uh, I mean, I, I I honestly thought it was a a, a good uh, contribution to the canon and sort of you know, as I think you know, all the added levity certainly uh, was a was a nice uh, addition to everything. And uh, Chris Rock was great. And Samuel Jackson was great. Nice, nice. All right. All right. Now that you 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 threw the um. All right. So <laughs> I don't know you threw me off my rhythm. 
I'm sorry. With a spiral. You throw me in a spiral. Maybe we'll call it a sequence breaker. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, now uh, you're back. I see what you did there. Just looking for the segue. No, well, actually, I did think so. But, uh, Graham, we talk about music and, and adding things, but yeah, you you have a little bit of musical theater background, do you not? I do, yes. Um, yeah, I, I well, I grew up doing musical theater uh, and studied a whole bunch of it uh, in high school and college. And then, um, yeah, and then I did about, I don't know, almost five years doing Reanimator the Musical uh, in, in L.A. And, and elsewhere. Yeah, about, about five years. So was that... Uh... Did you guys tour all over the country with that, or was that uh, had a mainstay? So, so we did it mainly in LA, um, but we had a run in Vegas. We had a run in uh, the UK. We had a run in New York as well. Um, so, so yeah, we did it around. Uh, primarily, it was LA, um, and it it was really the best time of my life. Um, I, I uh, you know, talk about a dream role and a dream a dream job. Uh, it was it was really spectacular. Now, when you're when you're in the thick of that, and you say for five years, I mean, how when you're doing the, how many how many shows a day are you doing? How many shows a week? Like, what's the what's the grind of that? Um, well, I mean, at the most, we were doing eight shows a week in Vegas, uh, and that was, you know, uh, you know, every every night, uh, you know, Tuesday through Sunday with two shows on Sunday, um, and and that was so that was the most consistently we were doing. Um, but I mean, you know, we were t- typically we were doing anywhere from five, five to eight shows a week. Now, in that time, you know, as a, as a performer, um, you have to, you know, a lot of you hear a lot of uh, performers uh, in, you know, doing musicals and, and stage performance specifically, you know, have to worry about saving their voice. Is that something you had to, to do and train yourself on? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was really a matter of just taking care of it. Like, uh, I, I can't recall. I mean, I'm sure at some point I lost my voice and I had to, you know, sort of nurse it back to health. Um, for me, it was my back. Uh, I had a lot of back problems, um, while we were doing the show and I, I had to, you know, really take care of that to make sure that I could move around and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it, 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 it was truly a marathon and it was, I think for all of us, just a matter of doing the best we could to keep ourselves healthy and keep ourselves fit and do, uh, do, do the very best we could so that we could do the best show that we could. Um, you know, like Rachel Avery who played Meg, like she broke her foot in the middle of a show, you know, and she had to deal with that. Like, um, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, I, I, I still have a fucked up knee from, you know, the ending (laughs) song where I, fell to my knees in the middle of the number um you know but it was it was great it was great i i i i would not trade those years doing the show under the tutelage of the great um Stuart gordon for for anything at all i'm so grateful and i'm so thankful and uh and i i look back on those years extremely fondly so you you said you you grew up in musical theater and you were trained um you know being in the theater as as far as a performer goes uh do you do you prefer that sort of you know live atmosphere and you know that immediate uh gratification you get from a crowd opposed to you know film 
I mean, you know, they're, it's like apples and oranges. Like I love both, you know, I love, I love film because you really get to, um, you know, explore your choices a whole bunch over and over again. And, and it's, it's just such a different process. Like with theater, you know, there's obviously the, the thrill of you're about to walk on a stage and you have to do this thing, you know, and it's sort of like a train leaving the station and, you know, you better get on or you're fucked. Like that, you know, and, and I love that. Um, and I think that, uh, for me, you know, I, I, yeah, I miss those days a whole lot. Um, I, 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 I miss seeing the same people over and over again for months at a time, you know, that, that we all, uh, I mean, I mean the whole, uh, the, the cast of the show just became like best friends with each other. And so it really became a, a thing where every time we would, you know, gather for the show. Uh, it was like getting back together with your family every day. Uh, that was really lovely. Um, you know, and also just getting to like continue to over those many, 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 many months and years, like continue to uh, explore your character. I mean, like Stuart, you know, it, so typically in a live show like that, um, you kind of stop getting notes after a certain point, like you, you know, once you open the show, then the show's kind of yours and like there's no more notes. Uh Stuart never did that. Stuart uh continued to give us notes um even up until the very final, final performance. Um, you know, we'd done it for about five years and it was the very last show in Vegas. And he came up to me about five minutes before the show started, and he gave me a note. <laughs> and I said, Stuart, like it's our last show. Like, you want me to change something now? And he said, well, yeah, it's the last time we have to get it, you know, to play around with it and get it right. And I went, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. What was um, the note? I think it was, like, my timing on a look that I gave during a song. It was something like that. Like, it wasn't, I, I, it wasn't something huge. Maybe it was, like, a slight change of a line. Like, maybe it was, you know, instead of, I, I don't know what it was. It was, it was something very small. You know, it was a nuanced thing, but that was the thing with Stuart was it was all, you know, he understood that um, intrinsic to the value of, of the show is the nuance in the character. Um, and, and I think that that's the thing that, you know, lesser directors would sort of throw out the window with the show, like reanimated the musical where they go, well, you know, it's schlock, um, but not so with Stuart, you know, Stuart really wanted to, always find the little moments that made sense and the little things that, um, that made the show as, as, as good as it possibly could be. Uh, and, and I really grew to appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I'm bummed. I never got to see that play. I, I did, however, get to see, um, nevermore the evening with, the. Uh, oh yeah. I got to see that one time. And I, um, again, it's it, one man play with, uh, Jeffrey Combs playing Edgar Allan Poe and uh, so powerful. Like Gordon was a hell of a director for the stage and man, I would have loved to see reanimator. What was the other one he did with the uh, cannibal? Um, he did a, a show called taste taste. That's yeah. Right. Taste was wonderful taste. Uh, it was really fun. I saw it in previews and um, I saw it a few times actually. Uh, but what, what was so cool about that play? So it was about, it was based on a true story about um, the, the Rottenberg cannibal who uh, 
had had basically communicated with someone online and and the person wanted to be killed and eaten um and and then it happened and so it was the story of that night where this person that wants to be killed and eaten shows up with the person that wants to eat somebody else and it's like what happens in that apartment that night um and it was very intense and very emotional my two favorite memories of that play um one is that at a certain point and, and Stuart was always wanting to push boundaries. Like he was, that was always one of the things that he really wanted to do. And one of the things that they did was at a certain point um, in, in, in the play, the person that wants to be killed and eaten, that the plan is that he wants to, along with his soon to be killer, uh, he wants to eat his penis with them. He wants to have the person cut off his penis and then together they're going to die on his penis. Um, but in order to do this, the killer has discovered that it's best if the penis is hard and the guy can't get it up. So they watch porn together. And so there's a whole sequence where the, the two guys are sitting on a, on a couch with their backs to us and they're watching on a big screen TV, hardcore gay porn. <laughs> that that the audience is of course watching and it goes on for like a really long time um and it's a thing where as you're watching it you're going you know like wow this is really remarkably transgressive even though it shouldn't be but i mean good lord when was the last time you sat in a room with 200 other people watching hardcore gay porn you know um you'd be surprised (laughs) Um, it's been weird on all of us man (laughs) but but then but then the other thing that i loved about it was um he built a working kitchen on stage and so when he ultimately does cut off the penis and they had all these amazing like uh sleight of hand you know special effects to make it really look like it happened it was incredible um you know, he swaps out the prosthetic penis with a sausage and he starts actually sauteing a sausage on stage. And, and so as an audience member, you're smelling this really delicious smell and it's making you hungry as you know, in your mind, Oh, that's that dude's penis that they're about to eat together. (laughs) Man, that always struck me. Making you hungry for dick. Now that's, that's kind of the reason why I like found footage. It's just a new way to interact with like material. Sure. And I always thought of all the senses we have, smell would be the most personal. Just because you know how whenever anybody farts and you're like a kid, you're like, oh, you're smelling part of that fart. Like there's particles in your nose. Like it always felt like, dude, he's got somebody on stage cooking. Like how, how it's such a collaborative thing like we watch a movie together but you know somebody might be on their phone and not getting it but you know they're smelling what's coming out of the kitchen you can't escape it man gordon what a what a fucking cool dude he he was really incredible and and you know his stage work especially is something that I, i i want more people to take notice of i mean he he founded the organic theater company in chicago which was a very famous theater company um like if you've ever heard the you know the name david mamet uh, uh, yep. the, the famous playwright, I mean, Stuart launched his career, you know, Stuart, Stuart launched the careers of Joe Montaigne, of Dennis Franz, of Meshach Taylor, um, you know, and, and he did all this stuff through these incredibly daring shows. Um, what, one of my favorite shows that he did was called, I believe it was called the game show. 
and and again, Stuart was all about pushing boundaries. And uh, and in the game show, um, what the 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 ruse of it, right? The the setup was that you're going to go see a game show, like a quiz show, and there were going to be like people at podiums and you know and a host and whatever, and they were going to be answering questions. Um, but what Stuart really did was, after everybody went into the theater. Uh, he had bouncers that were standing at the doors and they chained the theater doors shut so nobody could leave. (laughs) And then the show itself was just interminably boring, just long. It was like hours and hours and hours long, really boring, really bland, really dull. And Stuart slowly cranked the, uh, the heat in the auditorium throughout the show. And the rule was the show was not allowed to end until the audience literally rioted and demanded to be set free. And that was actually the show. Wow. So what happens when the audience like turns on the show? Well, then they open the doors, you know, then it, but it has to reach a certain point. You know, he was like, I want people storming the stage. I want people like, like breaking things down. I want to, I want to get the audience to their absolute limit of what they're willing to accept. And then we'll let them out. Wow. What's the liability on that with the theater and whatnot? Well, it was the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what, is that, what is that musician who would go up there and he had that song that was like 423? John Cage. John Cage. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Randy. <laughs> Where, you know, he's like the performance is the, the noise yes. that is generated by the right. audience. John, John Cage is in for Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before... Uh, he did that screen capture test with the little balls for the video game. He, <laughs> That's right. Uh, with reinventing the way we listen to music. Oh, wow. Crazy. What a, <laughs> what a, what a career. I love Randy. I love you. Thank you so <laughs> much for popping in with those little tidbits. You know, and I always come in with the uh, pretentious stuff. Okay. <laughs> now, and again, I've always, uh, Stuart Gordon, man, I love the man to death. And, I always, when I was in um, my community college courses, learning about film and becoming the expert I am today, I would always tote him as kind of like the new Hitchcock, who people assumed was making really lowbrow stuff and light entertainment, but was really doing like super interesting, like just great cinema. And uh, And taking chances. Yeah. And our buddy out here, film critic, uh, David Robson, he would always tell me, like, look into his play work. Like, and that's how Mamet, like, even got on my radar. I think we, what we did. We, we covered uh, Edmund. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. The collaboration they did, which I think was incredibly weird. I enjoyed it, but. I, I love that movie. It's a hard watch, but it's, uh, I think, I think it's remarkably done. Yeah. What a fucking weird film. <laughs> now, we, we got to bring this back eventually. It's, it's so interesting talking to somebody who got to work with um, Gordon like that, though. And uh, thank you for sharing all that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just so thankful for those years, and I, I miss him every day. And uh, he remained a very close friend of mine um, right up until the end. And uh, you know, I, I, I just, I just hope that you know people continue to discover his work and and continue to um, appreciate what he did because you know I, I, I feel like. You know, everybody talks about like Cronenberg and Carpenter and like, you know, the, those guys and, and, but, but for me, 
you know, Stuart really is, is one of the only of sort of the horror greats, the masters of horror, if you will, uh, that, that doesn't have a single dud in his filmography. You know, every single one of his movies is daring and is weird and is fun and is well-made. Um, and, and I, I, I love when people like discover some of his lesser known stuff. Um, and, and I, uh, you know, now, now that he's gone, I, I just really want to continue to champion that because I, you know, he, he changed my life and, and, uh, and, and really, you know, completely set my whole life and career on, on a new course because of his faith in me. Um, and I just, uh, I just want his legacy to, to really be appreciated, uh, you know, which I know that it will, but I, I just, I want to sing his praises anytime that I can. Um, do you have like an oddball recommendation, like maybe a film people aren't familiar with that they should check out of his? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a few, I mean, like the, the first one that pops into my head is he made a Disney film, uh, called the wonderful ice cream suit, um, which, uh, it stars Joe Montaigne and Edward James Olmos, um, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's based on a Ray Bradbury story. Uh, and Stewart had actually directed the play with Bradbury, like collaborating with Bradbury on this play. Uh, and then he made this movie and it's a Disney film. It's for kids. It's a musical. Um, it's, it's a lovely, lovely movie. And it's basically about a group of four guys, um, that discover this magical, uh, all white suit. And basically while you wear the suit, um, everything you want to happen happens. It's it, it grants you every wish. And so these four guys, they split the money to buy this suit. And then each of them has like an hour to wear it, you know, is sort of the idea. Um, and I just, I love it very much. And, and what's funny is my, my sister um, actually was at, I think it was like Dallas sci-fi con or something. She was at a con and, and, uh, and Edward James almost was there signing autographs. And I said, Oh, you gotta, you know, tell them, about your connection to Stuart, because my sister had, of course, met Stuart. And so she waited in line and got up and, and she told Edward James almost, you know, oh, I know Stuart Gordon. And and almost and of course we all know his career, right? Like almost his career is like legendary and epic. And what Edward James almost said to my sister was, you know, the wonderful ice cream suit, that was the most fun I ever had working on a movie. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I mean, how cool is that, right? How cool is that? How can you even find it? So I, <laughs> so I believe, I, I'm not sure if it's on Disney Plus now. I haven't actually looked. Uh, I have, so, so many years ago, I was in Stuart's office, and he was telling me about this, and I had never heard of it before. Uh, and he pulled out of his drawer. He had a couple of copies, and he said, oh, uh, you know, this is out of print now, but, but here, take this. And so he gave me my DVD copy that I have. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that it's out there. I think, I think re- like relatively recently, I found out it was like on Tubi or <laughs> Vivo or I don't know, one of those, one of those ones that I don't watch. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say, you know, wonderful ice cream suit. Um, and then if you, I'm, I'm actually looking at my DVD shelf right now. And then if you, if you can't get access to that, um, uh, another really fun one of his is uh, is is Fortress uh, with, with uh, Christopher Lambert, uh, sci-fi prison break movie. Um, super fun, lots of action, lots of gore. Uh, I, I really love that movie too. 
damn wonderful ice cream suit that was not what i was expecting <laughs> it's so delightful yeah. it's so delightful you you will watch it grinning ear to ear it's you know like because that's the thing it's like stewart was not just making i mean he's known for horror and obviously he goes to these extreme places but i think the extremity goes the other direction too you know and and so in the same breath as he's making something like edmund which is like incredibly serious and and like dark and and horrible you know then you have like the wonderful ice cream suit which is a full-on kids disney musical um and that's what i love about the the uh uh i don't know the the versatility of 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 Stuart as an artist yeah i i totally was just expecting like Robot Jocks or King of the Ants. And then now, I mean, with that pick, you you had me looking at his IMDb again. And I want to make a Harmony Kareen joke with the film called Bleacher Bums. But on top yeah. of that, there's... It, what the hell is Kid Safe? The video? He did like a, a PSA kind of? Yeah, he he did PSAs. He also directed um uh, the, the uh, short-lived Disney ride, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that used to be there. It was before Captain EO. So Captain EO replaced Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Um, and I believe Stuart also might have directed a similar thing at Universal that was an Aliens experience. God damn, that's fucking cool. Okay, just do you want to say something? Here, go I ahead. Was, I was on the ride. The You wrote it? Sh- yeah. I was scared as fuck and I cried <laughs> and we had to get off. <laughs> <laughs> so now you were freaking out when that came up but you were also freaking out with the uh sausage eating during the theater did you have anything you want to oh, say oh yeah that? no i just well that is just hella interesting to me just because i don't i always didn't really like theater but then <laughs> but then when you explain that like i'm trying to get into it more but like when you think about that where it's like movies only have like you only getting uh sight and sound but with like smelling is like a whole different thing. But what really caught my eye was the whole game, fake game show and like letting the audience be a part of it. But also like, yeah, it's playing. really cool. Yeah. You know, you know, it's really lame too, yeah. is just when you're so used to film and like sharing movies on like our time, you want to try and capture that energy with like a camera and you're like, we should film it. And then we can show people never fucking works. I've yeah. never seen a play or any live performance like that translate well into like you know i don't know you, it's part of the energy and you know i was there with you where i was like i don't know about plays and when i watched that edgar Allan uh poe play i was kind of like begrudging i'm like man i love Stuart gordon i don't know if i want to fuck with the play i'll tell you i sat up front jeffrey Combs spit all over me for about an hour <laughs> and i smiled through the whole i was just like dude this is the best like yeah. fuck movies like i love a play yeah, yeah. I uh, Stewart sounds so dope, and I wish I would have been able to experience plays through his style. Because what you like are telling me, like, yeah, I want to go see that. And like you said, like seeing it on YouTube, yeah, is not, not the, the same, same experience. All right, goodbye. You're cut. <laughs> you're cut. Now, are do you think you're going to return to the theater at all? Would you be interested in directing anything? Oh, sure, I would love to. I mean, I've been working on a couple of projects. Uh, I mean, years ago, I, I wrote a. Uh, uh, a stage version of the color out of space that um, I was trying to get off the ground for a long time. And then of course the film happened, um, you know, but, but it was really cool. It was involving like a lot of psychedelic imagery and, and uh, puppetry and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I love the theater. Uh, I would love to get back to doing that, um, you know, and, and 
I guess sort of similarly to, to movies, you know, it just takes uh, the right people being inspired by it and being able to, you know, provide a little funding to like put something up on, you know, on its feet. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I miss it. Uh, and, and, you know, even just talking to you guys today, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, continue to be inspired by the type of work that Stuart did, uh, which, which I think was a thing that he really, um, that, that, that he really, you know, went for in terms of showing that, that there are many, many forms of what we think of as theater. And there are lots of, uh, you know, you, you, you can, you can really, you know, change attitudes and you can really, you know, change, you know, change minds and change people's perceptions of what they, of, of what they expect when they hear that word theater. And, and that's kind of what I would love to do with, with my art. Um, and so maybe, you know, take some inspiration from Stu and, and uh, pursue more of that in the future. Well, if you're worried about the film color out of space, like kind of crowding the, the realm of art, don't, there's room, and uh, I think if you did a play on that, it would be fucking cool. I can already imagine what you could do feeding sound or color into a an audience from like weird angles or just distract. Like you've completely opened my eyes with that. Um, lock them in and turn up the heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, thanks. Yeah, I um, yeah. The uh, yeah, the the play I wrote was pretty rad, uh, and so maybe it'll it'll rear its its uh cosmic head sometime soon now are you keeping the singing voice in shape and also oh, what what God. are you a baritone i guess i'm a baritone yeah um i uh yeah i mean i i don't know i like to sing i sing when i'm around the house uh <laughs> you know maybe to a bit to the distress of my wife who has to hear it all the time what you a shower <laughs> you a shower singer car singer yeah i'm more of a car singer i think um yeah and i uh but yeah, you know, I, I, I would love to get back on the stage and uh, uh, I, I love to sing. It's been a major part of my life for a long time. Uh, just this morning, my wife and I were were trying to remember lyrics from Reanimator the Musical and like kind of going, oh, I wonder what we can remember. And we sort of collaborated on on reminding ourselves of, uh, of, of some of those some of those lyrics. And so that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love it. I miss it. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to do it again soon. And just to be clear, who did you play in the musical? Oh, I played Herbert West. Yeah. And listen to you being all humble. Oh, you know, I can sing. I don't know. In the cart. But you, I guarantee you are a badass musician <laughs> and you're a great performer. We've already seen your films. And I know Clark, you know, he's available. If you need somebody uh, when you start your crazy HP Lovecraft play, Clark over here, he's an ex stand up comedian, but I know his heart has always been in musical theater. And he's just looking for a big break. And that's the real reason why we had you on the show. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Deny that, Clark. I will push through all of that. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, how long have we gone since I, I can't see times anymore? Uh, it's, we're about 50 minutes in. Okay. You know, I'm going to cover sequence break in the um, intro. So I know we ate up so much time with Stuart Gordon, which I'm not. No, that's about. that's great. That's great. I'm, yeah. I, yeah. I'll I'll do you honor in the intro. Well, thank um, you. But thank we got to get to. Uh, well, we got to talk about the new film. Yeah, so, exactly. I know. Um, <laughs> so tell us about uh, Dementia Part Two, which uh, we've all seen, and uh, you show up just in a in a blaze of glory there towards <laughs> the end of the film. And uh, man, I really had so much fun with this. And frankly, look, 
uh, you know, Graham, anytime I see that our, we got a runtime of an hour and seven minutes, automatically I get very excited. <laughs> um, and uh, man, this movie, this movie was so much fun. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got a phone call one day from Matt Mercer and he said, Hey, we're uh, filming this movie. And do you want to come be a really sweaty sleazebag asshole that gets to berate me for a couple hours? And I said, sounds great. Uh, and uh, he sent me about 14 pages of dialogue. And I said, cool. You know, which of these are we shooting tomorrow? And he said, Oh no, we're, we're shooting all of your pages tomorrow. I said, Oh wow. (laughs) 14 pages in a day. He goes, no, 14 pages in the first half of the day. You're only working a half a day. Um, you know, the, the smoothie for those who don't know was born of a dare, uh, from, from the Cinepocalypse film festival, uh, to see if a movie could be shot or, or created script to screen, um, in 30 days, which is, an insane amount of time to make a movie. I, I mean, for you know, those who don't know, like a, a very fast time frame for making a feature film is like a year, you know, from yeah. from script to screen. Like that's a very that's a very fast one. So thirty days is just absurd. And um, for some ungodly reason, uh, Matt Mercer, Mike Teston agreed to this dare, and they, uh, uh, yeah, they asked me to come and play Reggie Bilford. Uh, we all had a blast, had a great time, uh, you know, and everybody just sort of buckled down and uh, did the best job that they could. And and uh, somehow those guys made a movie in 30 days. Uh, and and it's uh, um, equally amazingly coming out uh, May 21st in theaters, uh, limited theaters, and then uh, June 1st on VOD and, and Blu-ray. And again, like, that's just crazy to me that this movie's coming out that way. Um, it's a great movie. I told Matt, uh, when I, when I saw the, uh, the premiere or not the premiere, sorry, the, uh, a a screening at the Chattanooga film festival, you know, I said to Matt, like, this is way better than it has any right to be. Uh, (laughs) and, and, and I mean, that as a huge compliment. Like it's a great movie. It's, it's very fun. It's very gory. Uh, you know, it's everything you want out of a crazy midnight movie. And I'm just really, really happy that people are going to get uh, a chance to uh, to check it out finally. Yeah, if um, you're still on the fence about checking it out, we went and watched Spiral be- right before. And then we came back and then we uh, watched the screener. And um, one of our buddies over here who does a lot of our Blu-ray write-ups and stuff. Uh, first, he, we got into an argument about is there a part one, which, which we can follow up in a minute because he claims he owns it. And during the film, again, mind you, we just came out of a Saw movie. This film got more visceral reaction out of people. In fact, <laughs> two of the people watching it looked away. One of them refused to even turn back. <laughs> there you go. There you and go. I'll, and I'll tell you, mostly the impact of the film for me was, uh, I remember a lot of the comedic timing was just really good. And I don't know, there's, I've been trying to articulate this weird subgenre of like low budget, strong cast funny but like tonally kind of like all over like scary and then horrifying i think there's uh dry blood's a movie that comes to mind another evil it cuts deep like there's this weird little like we shot this in a house and it it on there's no reason this movie should be so good and it dude it's a it's a fucking success i can't believe they made it in a month 
Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's not, you know, when people hear, oh, they made it in a month, like they think they have a, an idea in their head of like, oh, this is, you know, some low budget thing or whatever, and, and it's not going to be as good. And, and that's just not the case. I mean, this is a, you know, <laughs> it's a real movie. It's great. Uh, and, um, you know, the whole team did a really incredible job. And, and uh, to answer your question, yes, there is a dementia part one. Um, it's completely narratively unrelated to this. Uh, I am in dementia part one, uh, but as a totally different character. Uh, so, so I think I'm, I'm part of a very unique sort of film club now where I've, I've played two different characters in, in two subsequent sequels. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, but dementia part one is great. Mike Tesson directed it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a very, it's, it's, it's a very sort of sobering look at the effects of dementia on a Vietnam vet oh, uh, <laughs> as, as opposed to dementia part two, which is very much not that weird. So what, what inspired them to make like their 30 day film dementia part two? So, so my understanding is that uh, the, the company um, that, you know, was overseeing this whole effort um well, one, Mike Tesson had directed Dementia Part One, uh, but two, you know, this company owned the rights to the <laughs> Dementia franchise, the Dementia Verse. I don't know, <laughs> um, and uh, and 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 they just thought it would be really funny to make a sequel that was completely unrelated to the first one, um, you know, and that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so when we got the email from the publicist. Uh, with the film first we saw your name and we we're like okay we got to do it because we wanted to have you on since of but I, re- I had a conversation with clark where clark was like dude i get it it's dementia part two because when you ask where's part one it's dementia <laughs> oh that's funny that's and really I was- <laughs> funny i love that that's great I'm, I'm gonna say that from now on <laughs> okay yeah and and then i remember uh, our buddy terrell came over he's like no i own the first movie they're like, no, you don't. It doesn't exist. And we we argued about it. No, I made that connection, but I was like, did they? And then I saw the you know the the yeah. thread, um, and I was like, oh man, I really hope that that's what they did. And you know, obviously, I mean, what else? If if that was the connection, what else? Why would the, this be a thing? Yeah, go ahead. Tell Mike that it, what even made the conversation more confusing was that you know we're talking about like what the hell's the first one about? And he's like, oh, it's a drama. I know. And I'm been, like, no, it's it's not connected. I've wanted to see it uh, for a while because uh, I, I like Gene Jones, and uh, I, I think it's- he's he's phenomenal in the movie. Uh, the movie's great, you know. Definitely check it out. But uh, yeah, it's uh, narratively. Well, I, I like to tell people when they ask me, "Should I see the first one?" I like to tell people, "Oh, yes, you're going to be completely lost if you <laughs> yeah. haven't seen the first Dementia." Um, it's very, very important that you watch that one. Um, but in actuality, you're fine. You don't need to watch it. I do kind of hope that at some point I would love to see like one of those double feature Blu-ray sets, you know, like that you see like in Walmart or Target or something (laughs) with dementia one and two on it and just have people that like, don't know what they're buying, buy them and watch them back to back and just hear what they think. (laughs) Dude. I mean, how many of those have I bought? You know what comes to mind right away is Troll. Troll one and two. Sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. You watch it and you're like, hey, the first one's pretty good. And then you go into part two and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Italians took over. Now, I would love to see a Dementia 3 because Suzanne Voss is one of those people who, my God, I could watch that whole movie, her just walking around the house. 
she's incredible. She's or incredible. A rifle. <laughs> or a knife or yeah. some grotesque green tea. Dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Suzanne is incredible. She's, she's just amazing. Uh, and I, one thing I'm most happy about with, with this film getting released is, is uh, that people will get to uh, see her shine as she does in this film, because she's just really, I mean, she owns it. It's, it's her movie. Uh, and she's, she's really incredible and a lovely lady as well. Yeah. She's one of those, one of the actresses where you're like, Oh, I love the new face. And then you go in their IMDb and you're like, Oh, holy shit. She's been working. She's just a chameleon. Yeah, I, man. I don't know. I, what a fucking, what a cool film. What did you think? Clark? We haven't actually talked about it since we watched it separately. Yeah. Because I don't believe in the, the, um, you know, the, community <laughs> so i do things on my own speed film is made to be consumed together it's collaborative or in separately, and, or separately. <laughs> you know either or um but no i loved it it was great and uh yeah dimension part two what 21st next week uh next week all right yeah yeah 21st yeah so that would be i'm bad at math Whatever it is. The 21st, it comes out limited theaters. And then on June 1st is when you can get it like on VOD and uh, and Blu-ray. All right. We hit an hour. Do you want to let them go? I'm always against letting our guests go, Graham. If it were up to me, you'd be here for another <laughs> three yeah, hours. You, <laughs> control issues. Uh, but Graham, what can you, before we cut you loose, what can you tell us that uh, you're working on now? Um, well, every week on, uh, there's an app called Spoon. So not a fork, but a spoon. Um, <laughs> thanks for that clarification. Um, that uh, uh, I, I do a weekly a weekly show called Down in the Basement. Um, it's every Wednesday at eight PM Pacific, and if you download the Spoon app uh, and search for Down in the Basement, you'll find it. And basically, it's just a, it's a weekly horror show. Uh, we uh, get together, and, and the fun thing about Spoon is that you can uh, you can interact with me, and, and there's a chat going, so you can chat with me while we're actually doing the show, um, and you can even call in. Uh, and, and talk to me and, you know, I don't call out my bullshit or tell me I'm doing a great job or whatever you want to tell me. Hold on. Spoon and app. How come I've never heard of this app, but it sounds interesting. Like why not do this on Twitch or like YouTube live? Because spoon invited me to do it on their program. Okay. Um, You're like a partner with them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a spoon original. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm part of, uh, I'm, I'm part of a group of really, really fantastic, uh, you know, hosts that are all doing all sorts of different kinds. I mean, there's like a, there's a true crime show. There's a, uh, an anime show. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, you don't, you can download spoon. It's on, you know, whatever your, your sort of preferred, uh, app store is. And, uh, so that's great. That's every Wednesday at 8 PM Pacific. And then otherwise I'm on, uh, well, you can see sequence break on shutter. Uh, so please check out sequence break. Every view helps. And, uh, you know, I, I love people getting to watch that sort of goopy madness, uh, and, and get introduced to that. It's always fun. And then on Twitter, I am at Graham Skipper and I would love to hear from you. Be careful with that, my friend. That's a, it could be a slippery slope down that end. Hey, I'll, I I can handle myself. I'll be all right. (laughs) All right. Russ, anything else for Graham? No, I'm I'm just looking through our emails. Uh, our spoon invite must be lost in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, you rule, and I'm they sorry. They really forked us. 
I, I, <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> we can just move forward. It's fine. Graham, I love you, man. Thank you for taking the time out. And um, thank you for your addition to the found footage world and allowing us to use it as a gatekeeper in our film fest. I, I so appreciate you guys, including me and, and showing love to my little weird movie and, uh, and to little weird movies in general. May there be more of them. Here, here. Thanks so much, man.